0: It's time. Living paranormal. Real stories. Real investigators. No scripts. From legends to hauntings. Good evening, everybody. My name is Rob. And I'm Jason. And welcome to another week here at Living Paranormal. Guys, we're glad to have each and every one of you here with us today for what I think is going to be another one of those just very special shows, Jason. You uh, you have to understand... Uh, we don't get guests like this very often. It's another one I've been very excited about coming up because it, it just brings out a. We'll, we'll get into it as you started. Jason, how was your week, my friend? Man, it's pretty good, but don't say that out loud where the guest can hear you. The last
1: thing he needs to know is that we're just two guys <laughs> talking to ourselves and recording in a tape recorder. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm doing it.
0: has been a pretty good <laughs>
1: week, man. It's been pretty good. Um, actually, I'm in, I'm in class right now for my CCNA, and oof. It is insane. I live at school now, so I live at the academy, so I'm just there and uh, spending time learning all about the internets and the interwebs. So aside from that, man, it's been a pretty good week. What about yourself?
0: I can't complain too terribly much. Just, you know, all the paperwork that comes along pre-surgery is always just significant amounts of fun. I'll just leave it kind of there. Just set that down and walk away slowly <laughs> as it were. So, yeah. No, I'm just uh, staying as busy as ever. This is the first weekend I've actually had any uh, time off, three straight weekends of investigations. And, uh, yeah, kind of nice. Um, as much as I love doing it, it was kind of nice having one night where I didn't have to sit around in a dark room and talk to air so you
1: know you described my last relationship but but either way (laughs) (laughs) it's it's actually a nice problem to have like oh what am i gonna do with all these investigations i haven't been on investigation in so long and mostly because of my schedule but that's that's awesome but um yeah i mean i want to thank everybody so much for for tuning in tonight we really appreciate it we actually have a pretty packed chat room tonight and of course we love each and every one of you and appreciate you for tuning in but um I guess uh, Rob, do you mind if I
0: do the honors and invest and uh, investigate? (laughs) Yeah, you're you're going to investigate the guest. He's not dead yet, Jason. Nice try. Um, no, it, uh, First of all, uh, Jason, let's talk about where they could be listening to us, Absolutely. first of all, and where they can hear us as usual. If you're listening to my voice live right now, well, you, you lucky devil. But with that aside, uh, you're either at one of two locations. You're hanging out with us at livingparanormal.com forward slash live, where we are every Sunday night from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. In addition to that, you could be hanging out with us at freedomrocksradio.com. Freedomrocksradio.com is home to some of the best music of today. That's right. If you're tired of all of this pre-programmed garbage that uh, the executives of Pandora want you to hear, well, will then kick back and enjoy live DJs that will be more than happy to handle your requests. Jason, where else can they hear us? You can actually hear us uh, archive copies over at
1: www.livingparanormal.com. Just click on past shows or scroll down on the homepage and use the search feature to find your favorite show or guest. If you want to talk about Banshees, then type it in you can actually find our shows about Banshee uh, and you can actually even uh, search for guests in some of the books that they've written we like to put all of our guest books in the guest bookstore please remember we don't receive any proceeds from the cell or you clicking on that link we just have them there for your convenience because we want you to be able to access all the data and information you hear on the show tonight uh, in addition to that you can hear our show over at blogtalkradio.com slash livingparanormal uh, we do love our blogtalkradio.com <laughs> listeners and we have our show still there we post it out Uh, It's not immediately posted. We do some post-production work on it, then put it up uh, as soon as possible. Uh, Beyond that, of course, Facebook.com slash Living Paranormal Show is a great place to find all of the information on our upcoming shows and find out if we're on the air, when we're on the air, who we're going to have on. And uh, if you want to send us a message through there, you're more than welcome to do it. We'll be happy to respond to you. Uh, but yeah, those are all the uh, archive copies. Oh, by the way, search yeah. for us on iTunes or your favorite podcast aggregator by typing in "Living Paranormal." Uh, just click on, then you can get all of
0: our shows we've been putting out for the last few years. Years, wow, awesome thing to say. It's a, it's, it's an it's an amazing feeling. <laughs> in the Years, and yeah, but you know the beauty of that is you can listen to us with all of our creamy goodness. So I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, did we mention the Facebook site as well? We
1: did, we did, and we also okay. Just making the sure I had a moment. Goodness into. To the show,
0: which is oh, you know you time. gotta have some fun with that. <laughs> Sorry. all good stuff, all good stuff. <laughs> uh, well, without further ado, uh, Jason, once again another one of these guests that uh, that I just uh, have been looking forward to this show with bated breath and giddy goodness as well. Uh, Jason, if you would please do the honors. Absolutely. Tonight, we're actually
1: going to be uh, speaking with a paranormal rock star, and I love that title. That's outstanding. You've actually seen him on Ghost Hunters, Ghost Hunters International, and speaking engagements all over the place. We, of course, tonight are speaking with the awesome and rockin' Dustin Perry. Dustin, thank you so much for coming on the air, sir. We really appreciate you, man.
2: Well, My pleasure, guys. How y'all doing tonight? Oh, just hey, doing the
0: fantastic, dream. man. You yeah. know, any if I was any better, I'd have to be twins, as they say. So. <laughs> I'd
2: have to be twins. I've never heard
0: that before. <laughs> <laughs> it's a West Virginia thing, man. Just, just move well, on. We're just going to chalk
1: it up to that. We're just <laughs> going to chalk it up to that one. That is funny. So, Dustin, uh, you are coming to us now, and I guess it's going to be your 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 calm season, like the lull in the in the in the rock event that is your life. I imagine. Is that right? You don't really do too yeah. much in gym
2: yeah i usually have june off and um that's pretty much it the rest of it's kind of crazy man but june is always uh it's a lot of family things that go on in june a lot of people uh you know have um, graduations and this that and the other so uh we usually don't do a lot of events in this month but um for me it's a lot of family time i got a little one who's always got dance recitals and stuff and i don't want to be the dad that misses that so uh, i try to try to stay local in june and then the rest of the year man every other weekend i'm usually somewhere do you dictate
1: your own schedule, or do you have a, an agent that does all of this for you and schedules you?
2: I don't know what the hell goes on most of the time. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I usually to, like Jason is with the show, Dustin.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. pretty
1: much fact. <laughs> yeah, fact.
2: <laughs> I, usually have to, uh, I usually have to check with, uh, with my agent, uh, my buddy Mark Tetlow from uh, Ideal Event Manage. Uh, between him and my wife, usually um, I check with them to find out if I can go to a NASCAR event or just kind of hang out on the couch, because if not, I'm somewhere.
0: Well, I got to ask this between between the agent and the wife, which one keeps you hopping more?
2: Um, yeah, probably my agent. <laughs>
0: oh wow, really? I kind of yeah, man. It.
2: You know, I've been I've been married like ten years now, so it's kind of on cruise control. It's kind of like, okay, go back on the road and hustle. You know, I'm I'm the 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 happy dancing clown over here. Awesome. We all uh, we all have our roles to play. You know, it's important to know what yours is. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, let, Now, let me ask you this,
0: Dustin, and this is something I like to kind of get a feel for when our guests first come on, because what we do, and, and you know, we uh, Jason and I are both also investigators, which, you know, uh, kind of lends to what why we do this, but usually there's some sort of a, a catalyst to get you involved into this field. What actually brought you into investigating the paranormal?
2: Uh, mine was a shadow figure when I was a kid. Uh, I was living in a little house in Providence. Um, just when I was like, you know, eight or nine years old, I, I saw this... Uh, the shadow figure is one of the taller ones, you know, like the six foot tall variety. They usually like six foot or three foot. And it's so one of the tall ones was in the, the doorway to my bedroom. The rest of my family was up, lights were on and everything. And it was just there, you know, it's just gray, shimmery shadow figure. I never saw it all over the years I lived there, except that one time. And it scared the heck out of me as a kid. But, uh, you know, it kind of planted those seeds in my head. I wanted to know what it was, why it was there. And I didn't talk to my family about it because I didn't want them to, to <laughs> confirm that I was crazy, you know. So <laughs> right, right, right. I started reading uh, all these different um, different local haunting books and stuff and, uh, you know, Haunted New England. And um, I just really got into it. And then once I was old enough to get on the road with my buddies, like started checking out little old abandoned buildings in the woods and stuff, places I cautioned people against going now. But that's how I got my start doing all this stuff.
1: You know, we, a lot of us would get our education originally from books. And it's funny because the generation coming up now, seeing all of the shows, you know, the shows that you're on uh, specifically, and, and a lot of, we, we have exposure to a lot of the terminology and a lot of the techniques because of the shows uh, that are on TV. And it's a wonderful thing that we get this kind of awareness about the paranormal now. But coming up originally, before the shows were out, we had to find that info somewhere. And usually, books are the way that we got that information you hear that kid's reading it's fundamental <laughs> but, <laughs> absolutely but you uh uh you and i both uh share that background in which we did a lot of reading did you have any favorite authors when you were growing up as a kid do you remember any author that you were specifically just really love to read or get into and and, and pour through the pages and the stories
2: Well, I'll tell you, man. You know, outside of there used to be a lot of collection books, like local uh, story collections and stuff. So I would kind of check those out. And then uh, I remember starting to get into when I was getting a little older um, and getting beyond the stories and getting more into the theory and the the concepts. It was uh, starting to read Hans Holzer's work, and um, you know, so that's where it really started to take a little more shape for me. And then uh, obviously, you know, being up here in New England, um, living in Rhode Island, just over the border from connecticut and, and knowing about ed and lorraine warren and all their work and um you know i ended up becoming very good friends with uh, their nephew john zappis and investigating with him and so i'm still learning from him we have a great time on the road together doing events and lectures and investigations um so it's it's been really a blessing just the uh, the amount of people that i've met and the things i've been able to pick up over the years i'm still learning you know it's I don't like to use I don't like when I hear the term expert for this field because I feel like it's so unknown there's still so much to figure out you know and very little little of it is definite one way or the other so um I think it's it's arrogant for anybody to not want to continue to learn not want to try new things you know so I'm always looking to work with new investigators and and build on new ideas and try out new equipment and things like that
1: Yeah absolutely it's funny because people will say that they're you know no I'm trying to think if I hear a lot of people saying paranormal expert. Fortunately not too often, but you do yeah. hear that every once in a while and paranormal
2: I see it in lectures and stuff a lot. You know, I'm the yeah. expert about not the whole paranormal thing, but like this part of the field. I'm I'm the E V P expert. I'm the right. EMF expert. It's like, uh, simmer down with all this accolade <laughs> nonsense. I'm the <laughs>
0: I'm the E V P guy. I'm the E V P yeah, guru. I'm the I'm, I'm the guru. I always play- Yeah, the just, just – I'd rather be the go-to guy than listed as the expert because when you're the expert, anything that you do or say wrong is just magnified like 700 right. times. Yeah. yeah so –
2: The go-to guy is like the guy that fixes a copy machine or the coffee maker <laughs> at the office. <laughs> yeah.
0: the expert does it at the same time, however, so that's where the <laughs> difference lies.
2: <laughs> that's the difference, man.
0: Yeah, that's very true. But
1: it's funny because people will lose sight of the fact that we're paranormal researchers. That means you're looking for answers and you don't have the answers and you can't lose sight of that. That's the important thing. So,
2: yeah. I, don't, I don't think we're meant to ever have all the answers. You know, I kind of feel like that would be skipping to the end of the book. Like, We have to go through this experience and then we get to check out the spirit world. And it's awesome to kind of you know poke your head in there and get some recordings and touch base with things and get that thrill. But... Um I don't think we're supposed to know too much you know I think that's why a lot of times the information we do get is very limited
1: Yeah it's absolutely right we'd be completely bored if we knew all the answers like yeah it's there so it's just very the journey itself it and the kind of defeats for knowledge. The,
0: Yeah and it kind of defeats the 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 of what we're doing if we already had the answers we wouldn't have to be doing this research into what is on the other side I think that is yeah. kind of an important thing to remember absolutely right. <laughs> So now have you um, have you been uh, had somebody try to pin you down with a question or two before and they just keep trying to rattle you for a specific answer that they're looking for in situations and I've had that happen to me in the past and I imagine yeah. Jason has as well. But do, do you is that common, uh, especially with given your fame and notoriety in the field?
2: Yeah, man. It's uh, it's strange. You know, certain people obviously have an agenda that they're trying to put forward and uh, that can get kind of frustrating sometimes um, because it's I worked in uh, news media for years, you know, for CBS and Fox and I was a cameraman in the field. So I'm I'm used to being around reporters and such from that. Uh, that aspect and I remember working with certain reporters that were pushy and they would just keep rephrasing the question until they get you know, the the person they're interviewing to say what they want them to say so I'm very keen with that and it's just frustrating when I see somebody all come up to me and they're like, you know, with the whole new thing with the uh, the new Ghostbusters movie coming out and everything and I couldn't be more stoked about Ecto Cooler being back, I think that is the best part of this whole damn thing I'm a huge <laughs> fan of Ecto Cooler so I'm very excited there you go. That. But, um, you know, I had somebody interviewing me and they're like, oh, so, you know, um, it's all women in the Ghostbusters movie. And, you know, wh- why do you think women get held down in the paranormal? And I'm like, well, I don't think they do. I've worked with, you know, a lot of intelligent men and women alike. And, like, oh, yeah, but, you know, women can't do this and that. I'm like, well, you keep saying that, but I'm not saying that. And literally, when I'm like 15 minutes, I'm like, I'm done unless you've got something else you want to ask, like, you know, respectfully. I don't have anything else to say on this. I'm not saying what you want me to say because I don't believe it.
1: Yeah, no kidding. I I just don't understand. They'll come up to you and they'll say things. It's a loaded question and completely trying to direct you in a certain situation. They wouldn't even ask you what do you think or how do you think or why is it that women in the paranormal field are repressed? They'll say, why is it that you see so much repression in the paranormal of women? And and it's like, well, no, right. You have to say no originally. And whenever you have to respond with no (laughs) instead of a real answer, you know they're trying to lead you down the primrose path. So it's never Yeah,
2: man, crazy. I'm 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 not the smartest guy out there, but I'm smarter than the average bear when it comes to a lot of these damn things, you know?
1: Yeah, no kidding. No kidding.
0: Yeah, no, and I would imagine your back, your background with the, the news stations has almost been invaluable. Have you used that to help your your fellow teammates, uh, you know, as far as when they go into those situations, kind of give them the insight, for lack yeah, of a better I, word?
2: I try, I try to, um, and especially if we're in a group setting, you know, like I, I kind of like will uh, take over and, and direct it if I see it going the wrong way. But like, um, you know, I've seen it happen to different people here and there, and um, it's, it's just frustrating, you know, but – Usually, um, some people out there that obviously have their agendas—but you know, ninety percent of—I'm uh, just throwing that number out there. That's obviously not research, but <laughs> I'm going to say ninety-one percent of the people that interview you are usually just good people that you know just want to talk to you and find out more things, and they're not trying to force some agenda on you.
0: I think it's closer to ninety-one point two five four, but we'll go with your statistic there, John.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the statistic, I all right, maybe. <laughs>
0: I was just sitting here thinking, there's going to be a paranormal magazine somewhere that quotes him as saying only nine percent of the people that come to him are worth with a paranormal question. And I'm like, you know, it's it's going to happen. It'll backfire on you, Dustin. You've done set you've set the fuse, my friend. Too late. So all do, you know? they do. Yeah. that is too funny. Uh,
1: now, getting back to the beginning, Dustin, when did you first? start investigating as as a individual or teammate which one was it was it first as an individual or is it as a team as part of a team when you started doing this mm, i hate to say professionally but more than just a passing curiosity
2: yeah man um yeah i hate to say professionally too because i although i take what i do seriously i don't Absolutely. take myself seriously so i don't feel like a professional of pretty much anything but um i started you know poking around the stuff by getting out there and and going to actual locations uh when i was 15 or so and i wasn't ever a part of a team um you know i mean i I work with the the ghost hunter guys and the the taps crew on the show but like before them i never was a part of any team and even now like locally i've got people from different groups that i work with i've got friends that just kind of work solo and if they get a case going on they'll call me or i'll call them and we just kind of go check it out and i just kind of feel like it's um it's drama free to just kind of remain a free agent, you know, and just kind of bounce around and do what I want to do. I didn't even know there were teams, honestly, until until the show started. I was always I was working um I was working in the ambulance company, and people would show up when I got out of work at eleven o'clock, and they'd be like, "Hey, you're the you're that ghost guy." I like, "I guess," and then they're like, "Are you going anywhere?" It's like, I was going home, but we can go somewhere, and <laughs> I would take them to different places, you know, different local places, and we we would have fun, check it out, and it was always something different.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. It's funny. That's 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 awesome. Be able to go places and just, you know, not really having the stress to try to provide evidence, you know, or, or trying to prove one thing or trying to to, to, to shoot for a certain experiment and get it to go right and It's just nice to be able to go and explore an area and just really take in the ambiance. It's a really good opportunity to do that. It's really nice to do that when you can. It's awesome.
2: For me, it's really all about the experience, you know, like uh, especially for the show or if I'm doing a case for for someone who is a homeowner or a business owner. Obviously, you want to have some type of evidence to show them one way or the other but um i like to really just kind of put the equipment away and just be aware of the situation and be alive with the situation and you know i tell people all the time and it kind of bleeds into my motivational stuff too that like we need to not be so so damn handcuffed to the technology all the time that we miss what's going around uh where we are you know like i don't want to be staring at my emf meter or my k2 meter and miss an apparition that happens to be ahead of me because i'm looking down at these stupid blinking lights
0: yep well, and you know, it's it's a lot like the the teenagers running around with their nose constantly buried in their phone, getting ready to walk out in the middle of traffic. At times, yeah. you might not see something happen at that point. It, it, it's. I don't know, man. Sometimes I wonder if technology doesn't handcuff us more than it helps us in those situations.
2: No, I, I agree, man. That's, that's the exact analogy I use <clears throat> in motivational lectures is that don't be so busy, like, you know, staring at your phones that you miss the people that are around you and everything. Like I honestly today I was coming back from uh, my daughter had a thea- uh, theater performance oh. and I was coming back and I get I'm in traffic and I'm at a red light and light turns green and then like you don't want i don't want to be the jerk like i hate to like blur my home and the light turns green but when it's been green for like five ten seconds and you're still i can see the girl in front of me staring at her phone i want to i wish there was like a polite horn that would be like hey i'm not being arrogant i'm just like hey hey let's move
1: (laughs) could you imagine imagine a horn instead of dude? it's like
0: hey (laughs) hey just just give me a heads up actually but the like, last Toyota we, that I heard on the interstate had that exact horn. It, it beeped like it apologized. <laughs> it was hilarious. It's
1: the
2: official horn of the Prius. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: Oh, God. <laughs> it's like, I'm but sorry. I'm t- literally, I, I get to the second light, and she did the same thing again. I'm like, okay, this is just asinine now. Like, what are you doing? It's so important up there. I Guys, know. be great. You're, drive- you're behind the, the
1: wheel of a multi-thousand-pound vehicle. You might want to pay attention right. to that. You're driving a huge rolling death machine. Look up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look up. <laughs> the lights not getting any greener. Come on, we can do this. We can do this. <laughs> well, wow. you know, another prime example of people being too immersed in technology, and it's for a good. It's for a good. I don't want to say reason, but good intentions. It's whenever we're all, and I know as fathers, we've all experienced this. Whenever you go to an event that your child is having, just like the, the, the theatrical recital or, or performance that your daughter just had there, Dustin, and we're recording it, there's that right. fight between looking at the screen and then yeah. you're like, your
2: child is right there. Make memories. Right. You're, you're yeah. seeing it. That's it, man. It's all about experiencing it rather than I I always talk about this, like we're so busy documenting everything. We're not actually experiencing it. We're living it through tiny screens that we hold in front of us. It's just so strange and bizarre. Like I'll try to grab a quick photo or two and then like kind of, you know, be in the moment. Because honestly, of all these videos, of all these pictures, of all this crap that we're taking. I load it to the cloud. I don't even know where the hell the damn cloud is. I don't know how to get shit out of the cloud. And then am I ever going to look at it again? Probably not. When I'm old, I won't remember my password. It's all lost anyway.
1: (laughs) I completely agree, man. I completely agree. It's funny because you ever go through old photos and then realize – and even old evidence. Like, for instance, I have gone through old evidence when I'm doing investigations about 10 years ago or 12 years ago. And I'll go through old evidence and I'm like, Wow. That was a really great place that I was at, but I do not remember seeing that. Like, I don't remember being there, like being a part of that investigation. All I remember is exactly what I'm looking at now, watching a yeah. screen and not really doing anything much else. Is just looking at a screen and not using my the, the God-given tools that I have, you know, your yeah. your senses, your intuition. I don't mean psychic sense or psychic intuition. I mean just is it cold? Is it hot? Is right. It, is there someone around you? Just take it all in and feel it. And uh-huh. although those investigations are few and far between, where I wasn't paying too much attention to that, and I was so focused on the tech, when it happens, it's a shame. And when it happens, I feel yeah. bad about that.
2: About that. Experience. It's crazy, man. I had I had like three years almost of international travel with the with uh, Ghost Hunters International, and it's like I was constantly in the dark it was a castle but in the dark all the damn castles look the same i was like i don't even know where i was half the time you know and then like you sleep half the day because you're so tired from traveling and Mm -hmm. you would get one day off a week and man i tried my best to make the most out of that day and really go experience a little bit of the culture and a little bit of the town because if not it was just i'm in another dark place i'm in another hotel i'm on another plane like what the hell's going on
0: yeah, that's I, I did want to point out real fast. By the way, we we had an interesting comment in the chat room. A comment was made by a user by the name of Jen, and uh, she said, "Dustin, that you probably remember your high school locker combo." So I do,
2: I do. It was yes. nineteen <laughs> thirty-seven, eleven. Nineteen was the Disney Channel, thirty-seven was Showtime, eleven was as uh, Fox, where I watch cartoons. And that's how I remember it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice
1: association. Awesome. Nice, love it. Well, Jen or the Mrs. S knows you so well. That <laughs> that was that was an awesome, awesome call. Good call, Good call there. Now, going back to the beginning of when you started really getting the ghost hunters, how did you get that experience? Can you share that? Like, how does it that you came to the attention of the casting agency with the ghost hunters?
2: my My whole life is one happy accident after another. I work my ass off. I not I'm not lazy. I work like crazy. Um, but i I never know how these opportunities come about. And I'm always just thankful for all these little little blessings and happy accidents here. And um I was um I was home watching T V one night after uh, after working at the ambulance company and I was clicking through TV and I see people investigating like in a house i was like well what is this i've never seen this before and i'm watching it and like i caught like the tail end of the episode and i made sure i caught another one and i watched the next one and i saw in the b-roll footage um a picture of the warwick water tower in warwick rhode island i was like man that's like 10 minutes from my house i'm like what is this place so i I saw it and then uh, i went on the website and uh the the uh, taps website and I sent everybody on the team an email and every people, like everybody that was there, not even people that were just on camera. And it's like, hey, you know, I, I've lived here all my life. I um, love the paranormal. And uh, I see all the problems they were having with their tech gear and stuff. I was like, you know, I, I worked for CBS and Fox for years. I know how to handle like and troubleshoot cameras and DVR and all this other stuff. I uh, would love to, you know, help out and maybe go on a case. And um, I like to point this out to all of them time and time again that nobody bothered to email me back nobody that's on the team bothered to call me um so i i'm 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 a persistent little fella so i sent another email back and i was like hey i know you guys probably get swamped with things blah 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 and this time just in case anybody was looking i i included a charming eight by ten photo of myself and one of the uh one of one of the girls that was on the team sent me back an email and she's like hey you know if you want to meet up to talk more about your experiences, blah blah blah, and next thing I know, I'm in a coffee house with uh, with Jason and Grant and. Um... Wow. And they're like, "Listen, you can be on the team, but you can't be on the show." I was like, "I already got two jobs. I don't have time to do television. I just, I'd like to get in people's homes and be invited rather than get chased out of the woods all the time, you know." So uh, it was really cool. And then, like a couple of, you know, a, a couple of cases in, like, "Hey, we're going to try you out in the show." I was like, "Okay," but I can only do it part time because, you know, I, I still have to work. I never believed in television as the way to to take care of my family and myself. Right. Um, at, at the time, I was still single, but. I always make the the uh, comparison to Andy Kaufman when he was doing Taxi. He would still had his job as a busboy for a while because like, he just didn't believe in it. Right. And like that's how I felt, that's how I still feel about TV. I've never quit my job to go pursue one of these shows. I always use vacation time or I would take a little time of absence. Um, but it's uh, TV's fun. It's uh it's been a incredible blessing. It's opened great doors for me with uh, my motivational speaking yeah. and other things that I do. But um, it's it's does not define who i am by far i am not a television person
1: that's awesome you you kept yourself grounded you have that that sense of of who you are and didn't get lost in that i mean all too common when you when you talk to people that have that kind of experience you you tend to find somebody that has you know not not purposely and not for any malicious reason and not to their detriment but they tend to start thinking and speaking in terms of broadcast and, and in terms of audience and start, you know, picking and yeah. choosing their words in accordance to that, to the audience. And
2: it's and it's easy to get wrapped up in it, man. Like, I mean, there were people I worked with on, on various shows that would read the message boards and, like, you know, we'd be doing a case, like, oh, we shouldn't talk like this, we shouldn't do that. I'm like, I don't read any of that nonsense. And what do I care, like, what some basement dweller is, like, typing on the internet in the middle of the night? Like, I'm not going to change who I am for any of that nonsense. Like, I just keep doing what I do, and if people like it, awesome if if they hate it awesome as long as they know I'm there and I'm doing my best that's all i care about
1: definitely mm-hmm. Be genuine. Just be genuine and be you and it comes out, man. That's awesome. I like that. That's good advice. Good experience. You're working your motivational speech in the middle of this interview. <laughs> I feel motivated already. That's all that's that's uh,
2: that tips. means that I'm tips. doing a good job, man. my, my boy Mark, my uh, my manager, like when I started telling him, Listen, man, I want to do this motivational stuff, he's like, How the hell am I supposed to bill you? He's like, You work in the paranormal, but you're like you're an outspoken Christian, but then you want to do motivational work. I was like, dude, I'm like a three headed dragon, man. I'm I'm just like a, a little steel unicorn, man. Just throw me out there and let me do what I do. And lately they've been letting me do some motivational stuff at the paranormal events. And people seem to be digging it, man. And I'm having a hell of a time. And I love connecting with people. And uh, it, there's nothing to me more rewarding than someone telling telling me after a gig that you know something I said really resonated with them or helped them with something, a hurdle they were going through. And, and to me, that's, that's the most rewarding thing out of all this stuff that I've done.
0: Yeah, I agree. Oh, sounds like it. And, you know, if, if he goes too much further into being the motivational speaker, Jason, you're the one that's going to actually have to cover his fee for doing it. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> You've got the paycheck on that one, man, not me. I'm, 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 uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, I'm I'm loving it because I love the analogy of the three-headed dragon because it it – on a much lesser role, of course, cause I'm not like all over TV, but, um, yeah, I'm kind of into everything at the same time as well. So I, I really get where you're coming from. It would be, it has to be difficult though for you from sometime, at least it would be for me to keep from slipping from one phase into the other. Do you, do you find that sometimes you kind of skip between those hats that you have to wear and how do they tend to like influence the other parts of what you do?
2: Um, I, I always try to, you know, keep in mind, like, you know, my audience in hand, obviously. Um, but it's, I really have a hard time separating them, to be quite honest, because I, I feel like they're all part of who I am, you know, and I can't pick and choose who shows up. It's just um, it's the way it goes. You know, when it regards to uh, the Christianity thing and the faith stuff, I'm, I'm not a Bible thumper. I'd. Christianity works for me. makes sense to me. But as long as other people are living their lives in a positive way, I, I don't care which deity they worship, how they worship it. And I know that doesn't go in accordance with the way other Christians feel because they write me hate mail, which I remind them it's founded on love. So there's their contraindication. <laughs> so they don't like that. But um, – <laughs> It is what it is, man. I just, uh, I, I like when I do the motivational stuff at the paranormal lectures, I try to make sure that I relate it to things they understand in the paranormal field, like we talked about with, um, you know, the the evidence and uh, the technology and that kind of thing. Uh, when I'm doing a straight motivational lecture, man, I've got some based in the holiday season, like I'm Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, man. I get all kinds of crazy stuff. And once I get up there, I get going. And it's just, I don't even remember what the hell I do half the time. I just go where I'm guided.
1: It's good wow, man, just so much energy! I love it. I absolutely love it. No, you're absolutely correct, and it's no, funny. Not
2: bad for nine thirty at night, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, not bad. At all. <laughs> not bad at all. Well, it's crazy because sometimes we'll talk to people. You know, how you were in internationally, you were in Europe. We have some guests in Europe from time to time, and they'll be up at three in the morning and just on fire. I'm like, man, just yeah. everybody has so much energy. But then again. It's kind of like a hazard of our preoccupation, you know. We're we're used to staying up late at night and staring off into a a hallway in perfect right. darkness yep. for quite <laughs> some time. <laughs> True, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. Now, a lot of us have this preconceived notion of what it's like to be on TV and what it's like to be on the uh, on, on on air. You know, we have all these shows where it's a it's an hour long or thirty minutes long, whatever show it is that you're watching. I'm being agnostic about the shows that I'm referring to at the moment, but uh, we see people getting getting hits on evidence. We see people running down halls with their shirts off and getting tattoos about it later. You know, we see all kinds of crazy <laughs> things happening <laughs> on TV. But um, what's it really like when you're there and you're on set and you're doing an investigation? What's what's it like when you're there?
2: Um, it's interesting, man. You know, I, I've been very fortunate to say that the production companies I've worked with. Um, even when they bring in new people on the production end, um, they, they know their place in what they're doing and I can respect that and I can understand it as a former cameraman myself. They have to get the shots they have to get to make the show what it is. Um, but at the same time, they stay out of our way. Uh, they stay quiet. And, uh, so, so that's, that's really nice. Um, In the beginning, man, like to me, the TV portion of it is like the like doing the tour, like, okay, this guy's going to walk through and tell me what happens here and there. And like then I feel like I'm really aware that I'm making a television show because that's not. A normal thing that would happen you know there's no greeting at the front door like it's just kind of weird you know but um once you get into investigation mode man um obviously they slice and dice and edit the hell out of it because who wants to watch us sit on our ass in the dark for an hour (laughs) in one room you know but right (laughs) um, but like barry and i uh, barry and i specifically would sit in a room. And not do anything for the first ten to fifteen minutes, and like the director asked us the first time, "What are you guys doing?" I'm like, "Well, we're just going to sit here and just be, you know, aware of our surroundings, get used to the environment, get used to the sounds, and that's what we do in the beginning." And they would continue to roll on it in case anything happened, but they they understood that this is how we start every investigation, and you know, we don't go right into running around and, and looking for things and asking questions. So they were always really respectful of that. So I felt like the investigation portion of it. Um, There was just some random dude there with a camera, you know, like filming for evidence like anybody else would be investigating, not really being a part of a show. But, uh, you know, the tour, the evidence presentation, you know, anytime we're setting up big lights, it feels like TV.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I would imagine I shouldn't say right as if I know it. Like, yeah, no, man. Last time (laughs) I was on TV, it was totally that way, too.
0: Yeah, no. But I (laughs) wasn't that an episode of Cops, actually, Jason. Oh, oh, (laughs) no. Oh, have, he shoots, his little, he scores. He had
2: his white <laughs> t shirt on running down the street. I did. I, <laughs> I did. That's hilarious, man. That's crazy. You
0: know, I would have believed that, except you said running. <laughs> oh, good point. Good point. It'd be walking quickly. <laughs> It'd be walking,
1: quickly, uh, <laughs> limping occasionally as my knee gives out on me. But either way, <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Our chat room is actually talking about uh, the show and, and we love our chat room. and It's really packed today and we, we appreciate y'all. But a lot of people talking about what they're hearing on the air and, and even about your book, Dustin. They were saying, uh, Julia Lambert said, Dustin made me hungry all the time while reading and the devil shivered, which we'll get into <laughs> in a, uh, later on today. Uh, pizza and grilled cheese sandwiches with
2: bacon. Heck yeah. Yeah, that's the good stuff, man. I love it. it but dipping like dip a little bit of ketchup. Not every bite. It's not an every bite thing. But every second and third bite you just dip the edges of the of the bread and the ketchup, man, oh, man. it doesn't get better than that.
0: I'm hoping my sweetheart's listening to this because I'm going to probably be requesting that very soon. I know she's in the chat room over here with her headphones on. So, (laughs) yeah, baby, I I want to try the grilled cheese with with the bacon. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's
1: genius. (laughs) When did you decide to put
0: bacon inside of a grilled cheese salad? I don't know
1: why I never thought of
2: that. I don't know, man. It's been a staple in my diet since I was a kid. When I was a kid, I was very selective. Like, I didn't enjoy a lot of meat products, but I knew right away that bacon was kind of the hallmark of <laughs> of, of the meat arena. So it bacon is. was the first meat that I would ever eat, and uh, I'd shove that thing in every sandwich I could. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Still so good. I got, I,
0: all right, well, you're a bacon fan, too. I, I've got to ask. This has nothing to do with the paranormal, and I'm so sorry for getting way off topic on this whole bacon sorry, thing. Bacon. go ahead. But if, have you ever have you ever tried chocolate covered bacon?
2: Oh yeah, dude, that's a treat. Thank you. And
0: is it not amazing?
2: It is. It's worlds of 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 taste just colliding in your mouth, and it's like a a strange orgy of food, and it's really good though. It's a good thing that it happens. Yes. Oh, Absolutely.
1: Why is this not in my life right now?
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know right and, and it's easy, And here's the thing I'm going to give you all the recipes it's really easy to make you fry the bacon you dry the bacon make sure there's no grease on it and you dip it in the melted chocolate and you set it in the fridge that's it so easy to make
2: and eat
1: and enjoy um, Wow, the table exploded go. with bacon. So yeah, yeah. No, there, here,
0: once again, it seems like I'm the only one to tell us what Jen's saying. So I'll, I'll get you again. Jen says it's divine. I love chocolate covered bacon. Yes, Jen is on our side. So all of you chocolate covered bacon <laughs> haters out there that have never tried it, listen to our call. It's amazing. Get in. <laughs> that is so. funny getting back to the paranormal into the show if we, <laughs>
2: <for a moment. laughs> have you ever heard of have ghost of bacon bacon or... questions coming in you guys might have a whole new show on your hands no it's all right so
1: there you go. we're used to going off on of the tangent so it's no problem at all we we love going wherever it is we are i mean think about it wow. Just three guys sitting down having a conversation about the paranormal something that they love and, and bacon nothing can go wrong yeah it's I want the right. other thing i love talking about bacon so i'm down with that
0: Right, i gotta like pu- I got to point out another one from Jen here real fast. Sorry. Her favorite sandwich is bananas and peanut butter with bacon. She calls it the Piggy Elvis. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Piggy
1: Elvis. That is a good one. That is a good yeah. one. I like that. i got to try it out. Man, my note for myself. I'm going to scroll through this chat room and get these recipes out of these ideas down. It's a good <laughs> idea. But going back to the investigation itself. Now, you started sure. out uh, uh, to, with Ghost Hunters, and you were starting out just as a technical advisor, it sounds. And then you... Got yourself on camera? How did that go about?
2: It was weird, man. We were doing, um, I believe it was a, I, I know they all ear them out of order, but I believe the first one I actually filmed with the guys was at a uh, fire station. And um, it was really strange. Like I was, for years, I had walked with that camera on my shoulder back when they made, you know, large cameras that weighed like 35, 40 pounds and you had all this. Equipment. This is cameras for men, not like these little dainty things that they film the shows <laughs> with today. <laughs> my, my right shoulder sounds like a ratchet set. When I move it on a cold day, it's all beat to hell. But, um, Uh, It was weird for me to make that transition from behind camera to on camera. And the other problem, my biggest problem was because I'm not shy by far, but I sing. I sing a lot. There's a lot of music in my head. It's like there's a weird little disc jockey playing everything from old commercial jingles to country and western to like crazy death metal songs. And there I am investigating and when i'm bored i sing and they kept telling me stop singing we can't use it because you know copyrights and i'm like i can't get through this and it took me a <laughs> while but i figured out just to sing in my head and it, it works just as well
1: <laughs> so so at any point in time if you're on an investigation with Dustin and you see him staring off into the distance just just he's singing to himself don't worry about it it's gonna be yeah. just,
2: it's gonna be just no I can't <laughs> he'll be back with you there's no like false bravado with me i'm very honest about things and people think that just because i'm on these shows and stuff like oh you're so brave and you don't get afraid i get afraid of stuff all the time and like i really don't like um I'm, i'm fine like when we're in the homes i'm fine when we're in like certain locations i do not like long hallways with empty doors so if i'm in a prison or if i'm in an old um hospital um I'm cool, like, when everybody's there, you know, and then, like, three in the morning, four o'clock, and you're tired, and they're like, okay, time to break down, and okay, the camera guy's follow me, and I'm picking up stuff, and cool, and bring it back, and then, like, after a while, they just stop, because they don't need that much B-roll, and now I gotta go back in there to the third floor of Waverly again, and go get this, you know, one spool of cable we forgot, and I'm like, oh, that's a long dark hallway, man, there's all these doors, <laughs> man, like, this is weird, and, um, I remember a little trick, and I tell everybody this trick. Um, I learned when I was in school, I went to New England Tech for radio and video production, and they did this awesome example of how audio affects a situation. And they played this couple, like, it looked like a 1950s-style movie, and it was this couple, uh, let's use the term necking, because that's kind of old school, this couple necking in their car (laughs) in a cemetery, right? And they're playing, like, this happy music, and then a killer clown, like, jumps on the car, and it's, like, funny, it's, like, satirical. But then they play it with, like, the natural scary music and it scares the hell out of you. So I always use one of my favorite theme songs from the old Facts of Life TV show and I play that in my head when oh. I'm walking down the thing and nothing bad can happen when I'm thinking about Mrs. Garrett and Blair and Tootie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. I just had this mental images of you looking over your shoulder going, you take the good, you take the bad, you <laughs> yeah. take them both and there you
2: That's exactly like you were there, man.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, they they do have YouTube for a reason, man. You might want to talk to the production crew. Just saying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I like how the production crew couldn't afford the rights to the facts of life. I just want to point that out. It's
2: pretty cheap these days. Or the Pink Panther tune. That was my go-to for years, too.
1: (laughs) Are you serious? You'd be in a dark, scary hallway, and all of a sudden you'd hear, da-da-da-da. Oh, how is it? How's the Pink Panther? I suddenly forgot (laughs) it. (laughs) (laughs) Da-dun, da-dun,
2: da-dun, 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 da-dun,
0: da-dun, da-dun. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you can't be scared with that type of music. It's a very valid point. Now, yeah, if you're unless you're twisted like me and listening to a lot of heavy metal, and that starts going through the back of your head, yeah, then no. you probably that, fall that. through the wall.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, High heels and weights just said the bats scare me. Bat poop in the hair is no bueno. No, yeah, that's uh, actually that's a uh, good point.
2: Yeah, that no that sounds like an educated woman there. Let me tell you. I <laughs> I um I'm not a big fan of the bats myself only because um I mean they usually will will dodge you pretty well but I think a lot of people have investigated have noticed there seems to be something wrong with when you shine IR on them they seem to go a little bit wonky and uh, I had one get uh, like just their feet must have got caught in my hair while I was trying to go by so um I'm I don't I try to avoid the bats because I don't believe they can avoid me.
1: <laughs> you know That's smart. You know it's funny because someone in the chat room said guano no buono. So that, that yeah. was a good
0: one. <laughs> I oh. like that. I like that. That was, that was nice. punny. That was very, that punny. Was very I like
1: punny. That very, very that punny. Very, very punny. these two
0: puns. No, but it's true. Yeah, we appreciate a good pun here at uh, Living Paranormal, just to let you know. that's uh, We've kind of made a living at it doing the show, actually, Jason. You say? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but it's true, though. That the crazy thing about the investigative uh, uh, portion
1: of, of what it is that we do, not the speaking, not the parsing to the evidence, but when you're there, it's the actual real world things. You know, not just the dangers, but like... This is a, this is a great way to see how tough somebody is. You want to see how tough the biggest guy you know is? Watch him walk through a spider web.
2: Right? <laughs> the, second,
1: the second anybody walks through a spider web, they'll turn into like an eight-year-old girl, just like ew, ew. ew. <laughs> so true dude (laughs) it's hilarious but it's an ugly feeling it's funny but we have all of these hazards that we deal with when we're out in the field and you having to worry about what it is that you're saying you're humming you're speaking that's got to add a little bit to the to the whole experience of investigating do you find it a lot more uh difficult to investigate in front of the camera originally when you started than it was when you were not investigating in front of the camera
2: um it it was more just yeah just a comfort thing was uh was tough for me um and uh the way they they because i've got a strange sense of humor man i'm a warp dude you know and the way they would edit a lot of my stuff like they don't realize that like i'm being satirical or like they made me into this like pretty boy thing where most of the time i was just busting chops and like making fun of things and like you know like just kind of having fun and all of a sudden i got people literally waiting in line to see me at events like you know you're not all that i'm like thank you (laughs) i'm glad you paid the price of admission to wait in line to tell me that um awesome like no like trust me i just goof around like i just like to have fun you know but um the way they originally would edit me i think people thought like i was serious and now i think everyone knows i'm just like some happy clown is just mostly entertaining himself anyway so i don't really care yeah that's got to be a tough fight man
1: I mean, do you have any say – I mean, I couldn't imagine, but do you have – especially in the beginning. But do you have any say in how they edit you, like in your the way they portray you or in the way that –
2: No, they no, not at all. Dude. I've got no control of anything. I can barely pick up my flight schedule. That's about it. The only reason I can do that now is because I have to fly in and out of work to, to make it happen. Um, but other than that, I don't have any say in anything. That's wild,
1: that is crazy. Mm. Do you see a lot of people that are portrayed on TV completely different than the way they are in real life? Does that happen very often?
2: Oh yeah, man, for sure. And you know, I think I think our company now really like knows us pretty well. So they do a good job of like they let me be kind of wonky and crazy. And like, trust me, me KJ and I, I love KJ McCormick, man. We have so much fun together. Like I, he's just one of the best people I know. We have so much fun. Like, and this is why I tell people, like, you okay? So here, let's talk theory here real quick. Okay, I don't like to talk it too long because I like to be silly, but. um <laughs> People like to, like, you know, charge up the atmosphere, you know. So, okay what are we going to do? I don't know. Like, we'll sit here in the dark and we'll yell cuss words and we'll insult them and get them angry. And then they'll come out and like, okay yeah, you're charging the environment in one way, which maybe works. But I always I always kind of make it like pretend you're on a blind date, because in this case, you're really on a blind date. You can't see shit (laughs) and you're you're asking questions and stuff. And if you try to insult them, like they might reach across the table and slap you and then you're done. You know, you wanna to try to further conversation. So what KG and I do, man, we have fun and we just try to charge the atmosphere with jokes and everything. I'm, they don't use all our nonsense, trust me. But both of us being fathers, we know a lot of like stupid little kid jokes. So we'll sit there and do those <laughs> like just like crack each other up, man, and we have so much fun with it. And we find we get good evidence after that, you know. So so that's what um that we we've been doing a lot of, but um, you know to get back to your question which I'm surprised I remember it usually by this time I'm completely derailed <laughs> but um, for example like my I uh, feel like my buddy um, John Zaffis like you know in haunted collector they made John kind of look like a little like dry and like he's crazy he's a dirty old man he's one of the funniest people I know and they made him look like dry and like angry and very authoritative and that's not his personality in the least you know and even Jay um, Jay Hawes who I think kind of prides himself on his like big and bad attitude, attitude he's like really mm. funny and they don't use a lot of his funny stuff you know they try to make him look like kind of stoic and like authoritative as well it's just but i get it you know it's television you're gonna have roles you're gonna have this that and the other but um, you know they do what they can, but uh, I just try to make sure I'm having a good time. KJ and I in this new season, man, starting August third, we introduced something which I really hope they use because it was funny. We did it on a couple of episodes. Um, we call them buddy bands, and I got these these white like old school headbands, and I wrote my name on one, and I wrote his name on the other, and I wear mine that says KJ, and he wears one that says D Parry because we're buddies. <laughs> and when we put the buddy bands on, that's when the investigation like really gets like serious you know as you can imagine
0: <laughs> definitely it's uh, like dustin oh, I, I gotta point something <laughs> out to you Raphaz, and i'm sorry to interrupt you jason right, but right, the man. moment before you said that because keep in mind we do have a very slight delay between the time that we're talking and it actually goes through to our listener base literally the second you said that jen said uh, hashtag buddy bands are coming, hashtag you prepare yourselves. Yeah. Just the second before. it was. So, I've been so putting it on Twitter like
2: crazy, man. There's photos and everything. It's going to be insane. It's going to be a thing, man. I'm thinking people will come yeah. to the events wearing their own buddy bands. At least in my mind, I think it's going to happen. <laughs> That's awesome. you. Go.
0: I hope that and, and to point out your analogy about the blind date, just so you know, I'd say about 80% of the blind dates I've been on have ended with a slap in the face. <laughs> 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 kind of rolling back to that one. And not <laughs> seeing a
1: single thing. No, I agree. <laughs> but yeah, I, wow. That is uh, hilarious. Bad days.
0: By the the by, trauma's back. By the, way,
1: <laughs> by the way, Dustin, the consensus in the chat room appears to be that you are pretty. So I guess you're going to have to live with that.
0: Well,
2: thank you very much. <laughs> I try my best. I can only work with what I've got, you know. <laughs> what
1: you've been given.
0: That's down. the problem that Jason and I both have. We can only work with what we got, you
1: know. <laughs> Dude, true story. True story, Dustin. This is crazy, man. But I was getting ready for a date one time, mom by Ma- and I'm looking in the mirror, and I'm in high school, and I'm combing my hair, and I'm getting myself all, you know, making myself pretty and everything for my date. Yeah.
2: Dance pretty. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. Just doing my thing. My mom comes up behind me. She taps me on the shoulder. She goes, well, you did your best. And then walks out. I'm
2: like, <laughs> oh, that's awesome, dude. The love of a mom, man.
1: You get- wow. Just yeah, it was, wow. It was perfect. I was like, oh, man. See, she's. It's all fun and games until I have to sneak, sneak liquor into the old folks' home she's staying in, you know? I'm just that's say- right. <laughs> Just saying. Just
0: <laughs> saying. Well, Can we, we get you back on, Dustin? These shows are fun when we got guests like you, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, man. I no love kidding. chatting. I have a great time. No kidding. Uh, uh, hey, I, wanted, I wanted to ask a <clears throat> question,
1: though, that somebody did ask in the chat room. Kim in the chat room asked a question that she loves to ask on a regular basis. She wants to know, what is the scariest thing that you've ever experienced as an investigator out in the field?
2: The scariest thing? Um, you know, I've I've been in some weird places, man, and I'd have to say like one of the ones that really kinda unnerved me um was we are in um Castle Huska and uh this was out um in the old Czech Republic area and it was a castle that was I mean literally it, like this is this is not an exaggeration. We drove through the woods for about a good two and a half or three hours. And uh, there's nothing but winding roads and forests. And this castle was apparently once occupied uh, by Nazi Germany during World War II. Because Hitler did have, um, there was interest in uh, the occult and the paranormal and trying to find some spiritual edge uh, in the war. And apparently the, the the legend is at least that they did some research there. So we were there and we're checking the place out. And um, the the guy that was there, our, our host, Mr. Ty McGee, who was actually from Texas, hmm. how we found him out there, I don't know, he was like engaged to the Countess of the Castle or something. Awesome. But um, they, they said, you know, you can go wherever you want, which is I always like to go to places that aren't on the tour. You know, I want to check out, like, the other random rooms because I've noticed in my investigation that while we're out, especially when we do the large, large event investigations, a lot of times the spirits out of there, the intelligent spirits, you know, meaning that we're not looking for just residual energy and sounds – A lot of times they'll avoid us after the initial curiosity fades. So I try to find the small spaces where they might just go to get away. And uh, I ended up in the attic space. And um, I was up there with a young lady, uh, Ashley, who just joined us. Uh, She was from Georgia. And we're up there. And – At the back of the attic, I see like what looked like some type of shadowy thing, and I heard a growl. And it's hard to see; obviously, it's dark. And um, just as a joke, like I threw a rock. You know, I'm thinking if it's an animal, I'll scare it and move out of the way. Um, And I said, "Hey, can you throw that back?" And I asked that a million times. It's never happened. This time, the damn thing happens, and it (laughs) lands. It landed right at our feet, and our cameraman jumped back, and she like shrieked, and I was like. Do me a favor. Go downstairs and get Barry and send him up. Because I'm like, this is some legit weird thing. Like I want him there. No offense to her, but you know this is her first case. He's a seasoned guy. I want Barry with me. And uh, we get some crazy EVP recordings. We get some deep growls and everything. And um, we do a lot of experimentation with light and how UV light affects some of the darker entities, um, and versus how IR seems to. And um, what we noticed is that they seem to be kind of um, adverse to the UV light. And so when you turn the UV light on this thing, it went from the right side of the attic out the left side and it went right through the window and obviously didn't break the pane of glass or anything, but it affected the environment. Now, we're talking very early, early in the morning or late at night, depending how you look at it. And all the birds that were in the tree outside took off squawking and like made this huge like, um, you know, this huge reaction. And it was just very strange to me because I've never been in a situation where something had such an impact on not just us physically seeing it, but impacting the environment everything that was around it. As we continued our investigation up there, we found a lot of uh, soot on the ceiling, a lot of wax on the ground, and uh, some symbols and stuff that were kind of scrawled on the side in ash, and they never used that in the program uh, when they put it together. Hmm. But uh, I think that a lot of what happened up there—I don't think it was Nazi Germany or whatever that was up there doing whatever this was—but um, somebody did some stuff up there that I think um, was causing some of the activity, and it was just—it was just very unsettling
0: yeah that would have to be and we have had several questions pop up in the chat room which is always a beautiful thing makes my job and jason's job a lot easier so keep up the good work <laughs> chat room we appreciate you um the first question that we had asked actually came from faith and uh faith wants to know uh can you give us any hints on what to expect on ghost hunters in season
2: seven in season seven that was in the past um season 11 11- I- is coming up soon. Um, so that's okay. There's a lot of confusion. I don't know where the hell I am half the time. And actually <laughs> that was
0: that was a misspeak on my part. I'm not sure where the 7 came in. I think I looked at the question seven mark nine. and my dyslexia kicked in. Yeah. So yeah.
2: 7-Eleven Slurpees all around. Yeah, close good enough. We're <laughs> close enough for jazz. Um, Brain freeze. Brain freeze. Brain freeze. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we did some cool things. You know, we've done uh, we've done some more homes, which uh, which I really enjoy. I think they're always uh, the most rewarding because you're actually helping people that live in a place uh, with understanding what's going on there. Um, we did some uh, larger places of some notoriety. We had uh, had a heck of a good time, man, and uh, went to. Uh, went to uh Detroit right which uh, the great investigator out of detroit he always says that uh, detroit's like a zombie you can't kill it man it's still coming back you know and uh we had some fun out there and um we did uh we did a case there kj and i and um we were out in the uh little carriage house of this building with some really cool evidence um overall man i just i think the the fans and investigators alike that that enjoy watching the show are really gonna gonna have a good time with it um And there's uh, there's a lot to see. And, you know, it's a pleasure to do it. But I really have to thank everybody that watches the dang thing, because, you know, if it wasn't, it wasn't uh, wasn't so obviously we wouldn't have the show. And um, it's really, like I said, afforded me so many incredible opportunities to to go forth and do other things. So I'm really appreciative of all our fans and, uh, and and all the support that we get.
1: Absolutely. My it's gosh. always nice to when you actually have that feedback from from a group of people. It's you know, it's great when out of nowhere someone comes up to you or sends you an email or sends you a letter that says, "I listened to this or I watched this and you in some way impacted my life."
2: That's interesting. Yeah. That's amazing. No, it's so cool, man. That's, you know, to it's, it's really just to if you think about it because, you know, some people enjoy the show whatever for, you know, uh for the for the investigation portion of it or just for the notoriety of it or the comedy portions of it. And that's all grand. But when you find somebody where you've resonated with them on a deeper level for one reason or another, and like, and I always, I always tell everybody I do not have a very high opinion of what I do. I walk around in the dark and I look for things that may be there. And sometimes they're not there, you know? Um, so when there's, there's a moment, there's a connection for somebody. And, um, it's just, it really is a blessing. There's really no higher honor than when somebody tells tells me that uh, that there was something I did that really stood out to them and, and really made them uh, feel better about something or understand something or just inspire them to continue on and not give up.
0: And you know that you... And we did a, have a... Go ahead, Rob. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, please, please, because um, I can already move on. Go ahead and make a point.
1: No problem. I was just going to say, you know that it definitely is something that you really enjoy because of that motivational speaker part of you, that, that part where you just really like touching people's lives and it comes through in the rest of your work that you do not just the paranormal but the motivational speech so that's
2: yeah man. I I appreciate it you know it's it's I was I'm very honest about things and out of everything that I do um, financially, that's that's the least rewarding of all the things I do. But on a personal level, that's the most rewarding out of all the things that I do. And it, it comes down to trying to you know get by in the gray area of life. Like I, I can't completely conform and just work a nine to five all the time. I can't just do the show all the time. But at the same time, I can't just bunk everything and just go do motivational stuff all the time. At least not yet. But we're trying to gain traction and get there. But uh, at least now I get a little bit of the best of both worlds, and I can I can enjoy doing what I want to do and still do all these other incredible things.
0: Yep. Definitely. Good definitely. Good deal. All right. We're going to move on to <clears> – <throat> excuse me. We're going to move on to the very, very next question that um, actually we were asked to skip One. So the question after the question. Um, this one actually came in from High Heels and Weights, and she wants to know your most hated food. Uh, I hear all – let's see if you guys see it. Where to go? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, most hated food. I hear all the time about donuts and pies. What food do you hate the most?
2: <laughs> um, you know, like the healthy things. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm with, I you, there. I am I'm with you there. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning a very important lesson that food is fuel for your body and not just a reward all the time. Now, that being said, I still enjoy my donuts from the good people at Dunkin' Donuts. But um, I, I'm learning to eat a lot healthier. I'm trying to cut certain things out, or at least reduce the frequency at which I enjoy them. Um, but the one thing I just cannot do um, as a whole is seafood and then as a as a as a little notation sushi. Sushi scares the hell out of me. The fact that I'm going to eat something raw that's been swimming in the world's toilet, I just I just can't wrap my <laughs> head around it. There's dinosaur urine in there. I've only been here 38 years and I've urinated in there at least 2 3 dozen times.
0: i <laughs> fear <laughs> Uh, you have to tell us that today. Well, I couldn't have been after? Uh, my fiancé and I went out yesterday to celebrate one year. Uh, it, long story. Um, but we actually had sushi for dinner last night, and now I'm sitting here going, um, hmm. <laughs> uh, did you enjoy the toilet of the world, Rob? Did you
2: enjoy that flavor? <laughs> actually, it was very tasty. I got to admit, it was very good. Yeah, well, and you it, know, seasoning, you know. It's just not for <laughs> me. Stick to grilled cheese, dude. Grilled cheese, <laughs> grilled cheese and
0: bacon. <laughs> grilled cheese and bacon instead of sushi. Got per- you got covered, man. Got you Personally,
1: covered. I'm on a very strict vegetarian diet. I eat nothing but vegetarians. That's all I
2: eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's good because they're very healthy for you. So that's great. Yeah, I'm you just just... the middleman. Yeah, there you
0: go. There oh, you go. Cows are vegetarians. Uh, yeah. no. <laughs> Pigs are vegetarians. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we actually have had so yeah, I, many. I like, one, one last thing, I'll let you, let you on with it. I actually looked at a vegetarian one time and he said, uh, he said, you think I'm superior to people, by the way, because I you know, that I think I'm superior to people. I said, no, I, I know I'm superior to vegetarians because my food is your food. <laughs> it's kind of a food chain thing, man. It just kind of makes sense
1: you know yeah yeah, definitely and we're gonna be jumping back and forth and all over the place with these questions because you know we want to get the chat from the opportunity to talk to our guests we love it when the public gets a chance to ask the questions they never get to ask Dustin these are the people at the end of the line that didn't get the chance to make it up to you and ask you these questions during the conventions and so one of the the things that Jen or the Mrs. S asked was if you ever wanted to investigate a location that you just haven't to yet or haven't been had the opportunity to yet is there any place you'd want to go that you haven't had the chance to go to?
2: Um, I'm sure the Hostess Pie Factory has to have a ghost somewhere. <laughs> I could check that out. That'd be grand. Um, you know, when I was on the international show, I sent a lot of uh, pitches like um, trying to get us over to Greece. I've always been fascinated with Greece. Um, I always wanted to do some of the islands that are out there. There's a lot of biblical ties to it, um, but they always, they always kind of just – brush it off. I, I think I understand. I mean, for television purposes, a lot of the caverns and things like that don't make for great TV because if right. you're in a place where it's just a bunch of rock walls, you're in another place. Where it's just a bunch of rock walls. It all looks the same, you know, like we did some of the catacombs <laughs> in Paris. And uh, visually, it's not a very stimulating thing to, to look at. Um, but I've always wanted to go to Greece and uh, Egypt was another one. But there's always so much uh, political turmoil, religious right. uh, unrest. It's just not a good place, uh, safe for us to go back and forth. But, um, you know, maybe I'll get around there someday, but just didn't get to do it as of yet.
1: Definitely, man. That'd be amazing. I would love to go to Greece personally. That'd be a great place to check out. It's just a shame right now they're in such economic turmoil, but hopefully things will work out. Everyone has a chance to go. Yeah, that'd be great. And Faith Simmons is actually one of the younger listeners that's tuning in tonight. And she was saying that uh, she wants to be like you when she grows, when she grows up. And I think that was a really sweet sentiment that she actually expressed there. That's real nice that she gets the chance to. And usually we don't have the listeners that young listening in. So just cautious there, Faith. You may want to, uh, you know, get permission (laughs) from your mom to listen to the show.
2: (laughs) Miss Faith Simmons, I want to say a personal loan to her. She's a very nice young lady, follows me on Twitter. and uh, I, I re- appreciate the uh, the support. Um, and her kind words all the time. And I, I try to help her as I try to help everybody with different struggles in life and such. And um, I, I know, you know, especially being young and in a very changing world, mm-hmm. um, it's never easy. It's never easy. Now, maybe more than ever, it can be very difficult. And I think it's so important that, uh, that the younger people out there and young investigators alike, um, get support in what they want to do, and it, it frustrates me when I see, you know, people with new ideas about like researching the paranormal field and how they get treated by other supposed veterans of the field that know everything already and it's just right. like we need to encourage young people we need to to show them uh hope and love and encouragement and um i don't i think that a lot of times people don't get that And i feel like we're living in a time where you know we're so uh we're so me 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 obsessed with our iphone our i life this whole i generation nonsense where we're these huge stars of our little uh you know, um, videos and things that we make, and uh, Snapchat, and this, that, and the other. And it's like there's other people around us, there's other people that need us, there's other people that need support. And uh, so I always try to do everything I can for um, for everyone, but especially uh, the younger generation. I always tell people, you get to smile at every damn baby you see, not in, like a creepy way, but let them know the world is friendly.
0: In other words, Jason, don't <laughs> smile. I've seen you grin.
1: No. <laughs> It's, just like it's like Wednesday Adams trying to crack a smile sometimes. I'm just saying it does not work out. You ever try to do that? You just try to smile at somebody, then they look at you
0: and then turn away quickly, and then you look in a mirror. No, it's a only lot, you, Jason. Man. I've said that for years. <laughs> only you. You were saying yeah. you.
2: No, the cities up here in New England, man, like Providence, Boston, man, like uh, it can be tough, man. I don't know. Like you smile at somebody and they think you're up to something, you know, so <laughs> yeah. you can't um, it's,
0: that's it's the main really, reason I do smile, Dustin, is because I want them to think I'm up to something. They leave yeah, me alone. Absolutely, to me. yeah.
2: Create an yeah. air of mystery and <laughs> that, that's <laughs> true. Well, you
1: know, though, actually, the thing that that uh, Faith was gonna, was asking in her follow up question to that was, and uh, a really interesting question for it. Uh, what is your favorite book of the Bible? I know you were saying that you're you're not really a, a specific kind of Christian, but if you don't mind answering that question, do you have a favorite book of the Bible in particular?
2: Yeah, of course man um I don't mind it's uh I like the book of Romans I always thought Romans was kind of cool because it kind of read like a how-to guide you know it was just like yeah. um, just some quick little hits of of information and inspiration and, and stories to kind of inspire you to, to do different things and I, I thought that was kind of nice I, um, I I when I take time to read that's usually where I'll go or if I feel lost I need a little direction that's usually where I'll go Um, and uh, it's always been very um, very specific to me uh, as you know personally is my favorite uh, my favorite book
1: yeah I that's interesting choice though Roman so it's good to be able to take it's kind of like a uh, the world's first chicken noodle soup for the soul
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You know, actually, Jason, I'm going to do something I normally don't do. I'm going to compliment you, man. That was a very good analogy.
2: Aw, thanks. And I got it recorded. That's your one. (laughs)
0: That's That's your one for the year. You get
2: one. Bringing people together tonight. Feel the love. Absolutely. That's it.
0: That's it.
2: It
1: took us 16 years together, to this one night with Dustin,
2: to bring (laughs) us together. (laughs) 16
0: (laughs) years from now, you'll get the second.
2: It's (laughs) a pleasure and an honor to be a part of this momentous occasion. (laughs) Good. Uh,
1: oh man. Yeah, hey, uh, uh, Rob, did yeah, you I, have another question or do you want me to go no. with the next one?
0: Well, I just I, actually kind of a personal question. Um, and, you know, I, I heard the kind of comical uh, respite to it, but back to the seafood things. I'm a huge seafood fan. Wow. Is it more of just a. I, I know, my it's mind cool. jumps it's around just, That's just, cool.
1: A, I just totally not where I was going to go. Shiny moment. Awesome.
0: Let's do this. <laughs> Sh- shiny moment. Um, What is it about seafood besides it being, you know, coming from the world's toilet that that bothers you I, in general? I mean, is it a, you know, because I like to get a kind of an in, inside look at how our guests' minds operate and their thought processes, things of that nature. Is it just like a, a texture thing? Is
2: it a… It's, you, you, it's everything, man. The uh, the odor, <laughs> the texture, the fact that I would go fishing and feed worms to these things. I just don't want to put that <laughs> in I used to try shrimp cocktail once in a while, and I thought that was kind of good until I started trying to make it at home, and then I had to take out the little vein where the poop is. And I was like, no, I don't want this anymore. <laughs>
1: That's true, though. I remember the first time I was cooking at a restaurant, one of my first job jobs, aside from my dad taking me out to the work site when I was 13 and working for tacos, but one of the first (laughs) job jobs I ever had was uh, as a cook. And I was like, I had to take out the vein. And they're like, you know, that's not like a blood vein, right, from the shrimp. And I'm like, okay, now that's gross. Yeah. I did not realize that. Yeah, no, it is.
0: Actually, reminds me of a movie. I think it was Tommy Boy when they were out selling, and David Spade picks a shrimp up, turns it around, and points it to Chris Farley, and goes, "Yikes!" Got this guy the day after Thanksgiving. I was like, "Oh, oh.
1: that is <laughs> terrible! That is terrible! It's
0: it's awful! It's all." Um, we did have another another question popped up, so I'll go ahead and run with this one real quick, if it's all right. Um, Guest nine ninety nine, because we do have a wonderful ninja contingency here. People can show up without using their real names and logins. I actually wanted to know what is the scariest thing that a ghost has ever said. And I'm assuming they're meaning through EVP or through maybe a, a, a Frank's box, uh, obelisk-type thing. What's the scariest thing you've actually heard come through one of these devices?
2: Um, I get a lot of really, uh, like, just either mundane things or very friendly things, and uh, I think a lot of it has to do with Um, I mean, you know, you hear the occasional get out or or things like that, but, um, for the most part, um, I I really feel that you kind of attract, um, like personalities, you know, and as I was saying about KJ and I mentioned Barry before, some of my favorite people that I've investigated with. And, uh, we always got very good evidence together and we usually get women or we usually get children and we usually get lighthearted answers. I get a lot of like Weird, off the wall, wacky, comical answers. So I kind of feel like just in this life, like we kind of attract the kind of person that we are and the people we like to hang out with. And um, so, thankfully, I, I don't really get anything too creepy or scary, you know. And the other day, like I was doing one, and uh, where was I? I was in Fort Mifflin, and uh, there was an event investigation, and I was using this new device, and we we're doing these things. And um, this woman asked a question that was in the uh, in the crowd there, and. Uh, there was a woman's voice, and it said, If you'd like to make a call. And it sounded like the old recording for people that have like pay phones and stuff. And then I was like, Wow, that was funny. And she commented on it. And then it said it in a man's voice, and then like a whisper. And then there was just like laughter after it. I was like, This was insane. You know, like it's so weird. Um, the only thing that does freak me out, and it's been happening um, actually more recently, it's only happened that I remember the first time it ever happened, I was at a small event. Um, literally, like I think, just twenty or thirty people. We did this small event in uh, Maryland, and uh, I was with a friend of mine. We we're investigating, and uh, we we're down this under stairs in this little slave quarters area. And uh, I had asked, you know, when people use a lot of the ghost box things, they ask leading questions. I like to ask specific questions and ask them to repeat certain words. So I know I'm not just getting a radio broadcast. And I knew that there were slaves that were held there. And so I asked who was held in this area. And a voice came back and said slaves. And I asked it to repeat, and it did. And then I, I don't remember what my follow-up question was, but it came back to me in my own voice. And anytime time I get mimicking, it just freaks me out. I just, I don't know, it's just unnatural, you know.
1: Wow, yeah, no kidding. That's really interesting. You know, what's crazy is that you brought up that that you get a lot of of interesting off-the-wall responses, like that. You get a lot of uh, funny things, and and you alluded to earlier that you don't like to put negative energy into the air. You don't like to you know, just throw EMF pumps into a room. You really like to have that kind of blind date persona and, and, and I don't want to say swagger, but let's go with swagger. That's a nice yeah, word.
2: Swagger is a great term. Yeah, Hell yeah.
1: Yeah, let's do swagger. Yeah, that blind date swagger. Um, <laughs> Chelsea had asked, what's the most funniest thing that happened on Ghost Hunters that may not got filmed on camera? And that can actually be answered either the ghosts that you experience or paranormal experience and the crew. You don't mind answering that. Um,
2: yeah, and, you know there's so much crazy things that happen like all the time. Um, there, I mean just recently we were filming uh, I believe we we're at a theater. yeah, we were at a theater in Connecticut. I think this will be in the new season. and um, <laughs> Tango and I were sitting just at like the you know the DVR, the command center or whatever and uh, everybody else was off doing their thing and uh, he and I were talking and <laughs> I went to lean forward to show him something on the DVR. And I fell forward off the chair right into the damn table. <laughs> <And> oh. <laughs> the two of us were just like laughing hysterically. I'm like, how did that even happen? Like, I don't completely misjudged where I was and what I was doing, you know. And, um, and also, the actually, the same case. Like, I must have just been a little wonky that night more than usual. The same case, we're in a hallway, and KJ and I are investigating, and this, this dang sensor light would not stay off. Like, we taped it, and it kept coming back on, kept coming back on. So I'm like, whatever, man. Like spirits are here day or night time. Like let's just, you know, continue our EVPs and see what happens. And he walks to the end of this hallway. Now remember the light had kicked on at this point. Hallway's maybe ten to twelve feet long. And he gets to the end of the hallway. He's like, Dustin, I want to try an experiment. And he's like, all oh, serious. I'm like, Yeah, yeah, what's up, Cage? And he he looks at me, he's like, Can you see me? I'm like, yeah, man, I, I can see you. And then he crouches down in the ground, and he's like, "Can you see me now?" I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, buddy, I, I still see you." And he goes, "What if I was transparent?" <laughs> dude, what? Dude, what the hell, man? If you were transparent, I couldn't see you no matter where the hell you were, you know. <laughs> and we just we was like two in the morning. We just could not stop laughing. Our camera guy was a mess. We were just out of control, dude. But we're having fun, oh, buddy. Man. Band on, let's do it.
1: What if I was transparent? Uh, well, by definition, I wouldn't be able to see you at that point. Right? <laughs>
2: I like working with that kid, man. He's crazy. That is awesome. Yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. I
0: hate to be the uh the bearer of the bad news, but we've actually, Jason, I, I, I'm i a bad timekeeper. We actually missed the halfway point of the show where we you normally do our shout outs
1: you had one job. Uh, I'm just kidding. No,
0: I've I've had multiple <laughs> multiple jobs or multiple jobs. Um, normally, halfway through the show, we take a little respite and uh, talk about where all you can hear us. So, uh, let's just do that a little late, Jason. You can actually cut this and kind of move it over so we don't look so bad. That'd be great.
1: Yeah going to cut a single moment of everything that's on. Dustin has been hilarious and everyone has been awesome. The chat room's been great. I'm not going to cut a moment of yeah, this. We're it's been it an late. amazing show.
0: We're going to have the hashtag that's fine. Deal. We're doing it late. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag hash, hashtag Deal with it. hashtag Handle it. I like that. All right, guys. You're listening to us right now. If you're within the sound of my voice, of course, live at LivingParanormal.com forward slash live, where you can find us every week between nine and eleven p.m. Eastern Standard and or Daylight Time. Um, in addition to that, you could also be listening to us live at FreedomRocksRadio.com. FreedomRocksRadio.com is home of some of the greatest music of yesterday, today, and hopefully we'll be bringing it to you there tomorrow as well. If you're tired of some stuffed shirt telling you on your favorite radio station what you should be listening. To hop on over to freedomrocksradio.com and let one of their live DJs play your requests. If you leave freedomrocksradio.com and you have not heard your favorite songs, well, it's pretty much your own fault. Jason, where else can they hear us?
1: Well, if you're interested in hearing our archive copies of our shows, you can actually go to www.livingparanormal.com. Click on past shows and you'll see the entire collection, cornucopia, and group of shows that we have put out over the years. In addition to this, you can find us over at blogtalkradio.com slash livingparanormal. Uh, we have all of our shows archived there as well as on Facebook, facebook.com slash paranormal show don't forget to add the word show to the end of that well you know what's funny jen said that i like you guys you're so funny you're gonna make me puma pants instead of poo my pants puma like a wild puma cougar it read better you had to be there
0: (laughs) i thought thought it was funny (laughs) scroll back a little bit a little bit in that area you'll see you'll see what's said about me and i'll just kind of leave it out there i have a fan (laughs) Yes. yes.
1: You have a fan, Rob. You have that. She's that one. She's that one. <laughs> she's the one. Which
0: is one more than you,
1: dear sir. Absolutely. One more than you. Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> now, going back to the reason that everybody's here tonight and the reason that you and I are here tonight, and it's a fantastic, aside from all of our wonderful fans and listeners, Dustin... Perry, the paranormal rock star. And if you had any doubt as to why he has that label uh, when you first heard the show, now there is no doubt. This dude is hilarious. He is awesome. He is the real deal. And thank you once again, Dustin, for coming on the show tonight, man. We really appreciate you taking time out of your night
2: uh, to spend it with us. My. My pleasure, man. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on here. Thanks for all, for all the kind accolades and such, too. No, no
0: problem. Oh, it's our pleasure. Our pleasure. Absolutely. Um, I do want to ask you a question because we kind of touched on this kind of ahead of time, but I think that would be kind of interesting. As far as the moniker of the paranormal rock star, was, was that something that you came up with yourself to kind of uh, – and, and we know life is all about marketing, even whether on an individual level. But was that something that just kind of occurred to you one day going, hey, this would sound pretty cool?
2: Uh, no, you can't give yourself uh, your own nickname because then you're really just a douchebag. But I was I was overseas, actually. I was I was doing the international gig, man. I was doing a Skype interview and a uh, um, guy by the name of Mike Roberts out of uh, North Carolina, and um, we were doing this interview, and I, I was talking about you know how difficult it was to to travel um, as much as I was enjoying it, but you know, and trying to be home and be a good father, but be on the road and be a good provider. And uh, and he said, you know, man, you could uh, you could say to your daughter that you travel the world like some sort of paranormal rock star. I was like, "Yeah, man, that's that's absolutely describes my life. and <laughs> What's going on, you know? And plus, I've always, I'm, uh, I love music, man, and uh, I, I love all crazy rock fashion, especially the '80s, man. I used to wear ripped jeans, and this last event, I wore like a uh, bright neon glove with holes in it, like Brett Michaels.
1: <laughs> nice.
2: And you can, you can tell the difference, by the way, in uh, in generations, because people from from you know, that, that were alive and well in the eighties, um, were like, Oh wow, you know, like I remember the eighties, blah, blah, blah. And then some of the younger people were like, Is that a cast? Did you hurt yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. This is the world's yeah, like worst cast. It's neon green and has holes everywhere. Oh man!
1: You know what's wild? You know what? You know I, I don't know if this is the way you felt as well because I think we're already all well into our thirties. And Rob's case, well, anyway, I'll be investigating him soon. We, um, we all, you ever have that moment? when you look back at your photos and you realize that you are dressed completely different, like when did this transition happen that I totally like, I, I didn't realize that because when you're looking at a show in the sixties, you're like, wow, they really dressed really interesting back then. And then you realize, okay. well, wow, I'm a part of a generation that totally dressed differently. Like that's weird. Oh yeah.
2: And I remember the, uh, I remember wearing the, um, you know, the, the MC Hammer pants, the Zubaz pants, like the big puffy ones with the stripes on them and everything. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know what the heck was going on then, but there's a, my Z Cavarici jeans and all these things, man. Damn. It was some crazy times, dude. But then again, don't remember. Don't forget, you're you're talking to a dude who wore an upside down and backwards visor on national television for years too. So, <laughs> Stranger, bad choices. But I always tell people this. I mean, this is this is actually um, one of my earlier books called What's Next. But I tell people, um, in in the play of your life, don't be. The tree. You don't want to be the background character. You get to have a little bit of limelight, you know, and um, love me or hate me, love or hate the visor, people knew I was on that damn show. They're like, oh, is that, it's either, wow, look at that, remember that guy with the visor, he's hilarious, or I hate that guy with the visor. But either way, people knew who I was. I wasn't just some random dude.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Either they uh Jen or Mrs. S, who actually, when she met you, asked if you contacted your anesthesiologist for your broken arm. When she got to the meet and greet table, as a joke, <laughs> or they're the guy that said, "I waited in line all day to tell you you suck." You know, either way, yeah. they thought of you.
2: Either way, you paid the price of admission, and you know I'm alive. <laughs> exactly. Big hug all around. Exactly,
1: exactly.
0: Uh, you know, we geez, actually we actually had on. a comment. Uh, and w- sorry to sorry to jump in here. No um, we actually had a comment in here from Faith as well. Said, "I love you, Dustin, and I look up to you." So no awesome, That's very stuff.
2: kind. Thank you, know, you was- very much. I'll try my best not to disappoint.
1: <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. And actually, JC LaPointe said that because of Dustin, my son and I ghost walk cemeteries on Halloween every year. He loves it. He's 12 now, and we've done it for about four to five years, which is oh, pretty cool. awesome.
2: We'll yeah, talk. that's awesome, man. I, I bring my little one all the time. Like, And, uh, you know, we don't do any investigation or stuff. We just kind of walk around, and um, it's a real— um, Interesting time for me because I get to be with her and we talk about some of the deeper things in life, you know Mm -hmm. And I always tell him like, you know at some point daddy's not gonna be here Hopefully, you know, no time soon. I'm checking out but you never know when and I tell him like listen when that day comes It's okay to be sad, but you gotta move on as like I hope that someday, you know many many moons from now when I'm done that you come here and you sit here and you blow bubbles and just think of all the great times we had because I don't want you to be sad about things, you know. And uh, when we go there now, we always straighten out the flags from, like, all the veterans and everything. And we pick them up and pick up the flowers. And uh, the little cemetery near my house actually has water pumps. And uh, we pump out the water and we clean out the flat stones and everything. And I just tell it how important it is to always be mindful of those who came before us and always be respectful um, because I just feel like that is a part of life that uh, that a lot of us are missing, is respecting each other and respecting those that came before us. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely right. Wise words. And I like that, that you're incorporating your child in, in, in some of the things that you love to do and taking the moment to actually talk. Because, man, it is tough so in this day and age to just take a moment to just sit down and say
2: how was your day? <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, for sure, man. It's <laughs> it's weird, too. Like, I have this whole uh, no tech at the table thing for dinner time, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't want her to come home from school and me to come home late from work and, uh, you know, me to sit there on Twitter and her to sit there, you know, playing video games on the phone. It's like, this is the time we get to reunite with each other. We get to talk to each other. It's so important to me. Being Out of all the things I do, uh, being a father is the most important part of my life. And I always... I remember being a kid and like people like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? This, that, and the other. And like outside of the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins or a NASCAR driver, I never really gave a damn what I wanted to do. Like to me, it was just a means, you know? Like I got to pay bills, okay, so I got to do something. So we find something I don't hate because I think that's important. A lot of people just do jobs they hate because they they just acquiesce to the storm. They're too afraid to move on. They're too lazy to work for something else. But um, for me, I always just. I always foresaw myself as someone who was going to have a family, and I think that's the most important thing uh, in my life is is raising my daughter. And I remember being petrified of, uh, as much as I was excited, petrified of having a child. I remember on, on uh, when I was on Ghost Hunters International, and the little one was just being born. I would read all these books, you know, all the all the paranormal books get replaced about parenting books and everything. And (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted different ideas, you know. Especially, I feel like um, as a as a father of a little girl, it's a very important role, you know. I. and it, it it's a weird time too because like she's little but I got to tell her like you never take pictures without your clothes on like you, Ooh, ne- you right. know like all this weird stuff I don't want to say but at the same time I'm like it's a messed up world and you got to make sure that kids don't get sucked into bad situations.
1: Yep, no, I agree. Right. I, I agree. You know, as while well, uh, JC was saying as well, she said her son has ADHD and processing deficit disorder. But when he watches ghost hunters, he's focused and the same thing when he's doing their walks in in the cemetery. Cool. So that's a really great way. The, that's the, awesome the, you've actually brought two people to you've brought a, a mother and her son closer together and allowed them to share a moment man that's something to be uh, proud of
2: that really is nice man you know and uh, I, I don't know if it's uh, with the show if maybe it's because it's a lot of it's quiet there's not a lot of distraction True. because we're trying to do our thing too but um but that's that's great man that's that's really nice to that's hear awesome
1: uh george Aguilar had another question he his is strangely on topic he says have you ever <laughs> have you ever thought about investigating cuba
2: um, yeah you know now that uh, that everything's been lifted and we can travel and such uh, it would be really cool It'd be a very cool place to go it'd be a beautiful country to see um, as well uh, I don't have any plans to do any international investigation anytime soon but um, but that would be a wonderful location to go and, uh, and check out and uh, be you know maybe amongst one of the first um, American uh, teams or groups to go over there and do it.
1: No kidding right that'd be amazing to yeah, be that'd have be a excellent. chance to go out there and just take a look at it yeah have to do that.
0: Uh, But, you know, uh, with the assumption, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but with the assumption that they may not have seen the shows and be, you know, as fully aware of the evolution of this field as they are, I I mean, can you imagine what the the, uh, population would be like upon first hearing that ghost hunters were coming to their country?
2: I know, right? (laughs) It might be a mixed Uh, bag, man, for sure, you know. Um, It's uh, even (laughs) when we travel to some of the countries we went to. Like, I remember being in, I believe. I believe it was Prague. Yeah, I was in Prague. I remember being in the Times Square waiting for the uh, – the town square waiting for the uh, – they have an old medieval clock that's beautiful and uh, waiting for this thing to go off. And uh, they have all the saints. They have this little little skeleton of death that rings the bell at the top of the hour. And then up top, all these wooden saints like go around. It's really something beautiful to wow. see. My favorite memories. And as I'm waiting for that, this woman comes up to me from Germany. And she's like, I love Ghost Hunters. It's like so bizarre, you know. <laughs> um, it was really, really cool. And then I remember being in France. Conversely, I remember being in France and doing the uh, investigation of the catacombs. And our tour guide leading off with, I don't believe in what you do. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Good thing is that yeah, l- a priority. Leave it so. to the reality check.
0: Yeah. yeah. No
1: kidding. No kidding. No kidding.
2: That'd be really. I'll tell you one of the things I really found interesting. When I was in high school, um, and like senior year, you could take electives, and I took uh, death and dying, and um, uh, took sociology, and to be able to travel internationally, I think I went somewhere around twenty-seven countries total on six of the seven continents, and uh, to be able to speak with different people. Um, from different parts of the globe and different faiths and different understandings and talk to them about their viewpoints and and their rituals um, for preparing the dead for the afterlife and things like that. Mm -hmm. Just so fascinating, man. I mean, there's so many – there's a lot of stark differences, but at the same time, there's so many commonalities when it comes to respect and when it comes to the journey – um, and and the reverence for for those who've passed on, it's just really really cool. So that was something that I really enjoyed seeing uh, from a global perspective. Um, just the way we all kind of have the same kind of questions and uh, with the same reverence for those who've gone on.
1: Well, yeah, I agree. I just realized something else though. Do you have? Have you ever really done a private residence, just like a normal just Dick and Jane?
2: Oh yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially around here in New England, cause it's easier. If people contact me from out of state, I try to put them in touch with somebody I know and trust, but, um, yeah, around here. Yeah. I've done, uh, I've done them for, I, I try not to do like family and, and friends of those kind of things, especially if right. somebody just passed on, like, I don't want to contact anybody too close to home, but, um, right. yeah, I, I've done uh, other residences and stuff locally, uh, different teams or groups or even just friends of mine that, you know, friends of mine that do individual investigations, uh, go and help out. And, um, it's just like everything else, you know, it's, it's always a crapshoot. You never know if uh, – I, I never liked the, oh, is it haunted or not. It's like, well, how the hell do I know? I spent one or two nights here. You know, you've lived <laughs> right. it for years. You know, we can't say that definitely one way or the other. But um, I, I enjoy doing those the best. Like I said earlier, like I think it's, uh, it means more to the people that you're doing uh, the investigation for, you know, because you're nice. really, you're really helping somebody. It's not, oh, this is a historic fort with incredible history. You know, this is a tiny little place. Exactly.
1: And it's wild. Is it me or is it it just me or do you really get a sense for human beings? When you go to a place that's haunted, when you go into their homes and you talk to them about their, their look and the paranormal, you really get to know people better when you have that kind of a conversation, I think, than you would in any other way or any other setting. Personally.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. And then, you know, when it's dark and they're out of the house, you go through their drawers and their <laughs> private. <rooms. laughs> you don't really do that. But uh, no, you're, you're absolutely right. You do. Uh, I mean, And it's it's an incredible amount of trust, too, that the people are instilling um, in you to sit and, and not just tell you. Um, all these things, but then to entrust you with their home um, for for that amount of time too. But uh, yeah, you get inside their mind and you find out what's what's bothering them, why they're bothered by it, what they think is going on. I think it's very important to get people's theories about what's going on in their home and why they think it's happening too. And uh, just because they're not investigators doesn't mean their opinion's not valid. If anything, they spend the most time there. You should you should want to know what they think
0: absolutely yeah kind of live off of the feedback for lack of a better word you know we did actually have a
1: question pertinent to the ghost hunters uh show and i want to get that one in um how long does it take on average to film an episode of ghost hunters
2: uh usually two weeks two weeks per episode that's um one location each week because there's usually two locations uh, in every episode we investigate um usually the average is uh two nights sometimes more and um it's you know two nights of investigation at least uh, a day for them to go in and do B roll and um, a day for us to be at the hotel to to do our evidence review. You get a day off. Um, then there's a day where they're doing the tour and uh, another day where they do the reveal.
1: That is really cool. So it, when you're you're looking at any episode of Ghost Hunters, you're essentially looking at a condensed version of two whole weeks.
2: Yeah, that's going crazy. Into that.
1: yeah, that is wild, man. That is wild. Did you expect that when you first showed up on set and really became a part of the production?
2: Um, well, I knew it would take, you know, a lot longer than what the show looks like just because, you know, working in news, I'd, I'd work an eight-hour shift. and At the end of it, I'd had two one-minute and 15-second packages to show for it. So my whole day came down to two and a half minutes of actual on-air footage
1: it's it's interesting how how we all just see this condensed version but it's it's really really entertaining we love it we love the the work that you've done so far man that's good stuff thank you thank you very much now where you're at you've you've been around the world you're on tv and you're doing these motivational speeches and and talks like do you ever think what do i go from here
2: you know i i don't really think too much about the big picture stuff for that i mean it's good to have goals and everything which um, which I do. I, I like to do more of the motivational things. Uh, I, that's what I enjoy doing the most. So um, I would love to be able to just kind of uh, go forth and, and go hold uh, large lectures all over the country and, and speak to people and help them with uh, with troubles of life. Um, but, uh, I have learned just like when I'm, when I'm doing my yard work, you know, I've got, uh, I don't live in a big mansion or anything. Um, but there is no reality TV fortune, hence all the jobs, but, uh, I do have, <laughs> I do have a sizable yard with a, a lot of, uh, lawn and trees and, and shrubs and things that need a lot of maintenance. So by the time the weekend gets here, I have to do all that. And if I look at the whole thing in a big picture, man, it's daunting and I don't want to do it. And it's got awful, but I'm like, okay, I would just handle one little task at a time. You know, like when I'm, trimming the hedges i'm just focused on what i'm doing that one at the time then i move on to the next one i focus on that one I, I i talk a lot about living in the moment and really being alive in the moment and experiencing the moment um but don't get too far ahead of yourself because sometimes that big picture can be very daunting you know and yeah. you don't want to psych yourself out of the game so just little steps at a time i, I love to be a big time motivational speaker uh, talking to huge venues and, and having a hell of a time But uh, right now I'm just I'm doing the best I can every day with what I've been given and thankful for it,
0: man. You know, I just and not to interrupt you, but I just had something run through my head just too funny. I just had this picture when he said, when he was talking about not having the the long term plans going on of Heath Ledger going, Do I look like the kind of man that has a plan? <laughs> you know, it just kind of hit me when he said that.
1: Hey, that was, that was a pretty good little impression you did there, Rob. I like that. That's nice. Now, Dustin, you, you know what really impresses me as well of all the work that you've done, all the traveling? Actually, I'm just jealous of the traveling in general. But what, <laughs> what impresses me is I have trouble composing a Facebook post. You have done <laughs> a great deal more than that. You have written two books. Wow! First off, was of course is that the the what's next an inspiring autobiographical tale of insanity and awesomeness? Was your first one? Is that correct?
2: That was well, it's my first motivational book. I did two. Uh, I actually, it's my first solo book rather. Yes. I did two um, co-author books with Barry previously. We did one called The Complete Approach, right. and then we did one called um, So My Home Is Hard. To now what? But then, yeah, What's Next was my first solo book that just came out last year, man. I'm really super proud of it. Um, I wrote that one exclusively while flying uh, on planes from one event to another. And uh, I just wanted to uh, kind of encourage people to reach out in faith for what's next in their life and not become afraid um, of where they're going, and not become, um, you know, just acquiesce to the storm and just stay where they are because they're afraid to try something different and um, yeah so that was the first solo book I put out man last year really proud of it and then this year just on uh, Valentine's Day I put out uh, And the Devil Shivered uh, which thankfully has been doing really well and people seem to be enjoying it
1: yeah I mean all the reviews for uh, the first What's Next an inspiring autobiographical tale of insanity and awesomeness and I say that for two reasons one Awesome title, too. I just would just need to get that out there because everybody needs to take a look at this from the looks of it. Look at that all these reviews on Amazon, and you have five stars out of five dude, that is so rare for people not to <laughs> tear you apart on the internet right <laughs> that's that's, amazing. that's for sure yeah dude well done sure. well, well done on that. so uh, love that. and you mentioned the the second book, and man, I told you before the the show even started an even better title. How did you come up with the title, And the Devil Shivered, A Year in My Life?
2: Um, That came from uh, my good man, a beautiful, beautiful gypsy bastard, Mr. Willie Nelson. Um, (laughs) And he wrote uh, uh, an older song of his. He wrote um, Devil in a Sleeping Bag, and it talks about uh, traveling and being on the road and everything. And uh, one of the lines is, and the devil shivered in his sleeping bag. He said, "Living on the road is such a drag." And I was like, man, this if this doesn't sum up like what it's like, you know and, and like I said, thankful, blessed, I love the opportunities. But man, it is far from easy.
1: I can only imagine. No, really, I can only imagine. Uh, we actually, to, give, to give you an idea as to the kind of reviews that have been there, and I'm not sure if you've actually read the reviews that you had on some of your books, but somebody put, and I love this, and God Laughed. I read this book from cover to cover on a rainy Saturday. I enjoyed this unique look into Dustin's life and busy schedule. He writes with a warm sense of humor and really shares his experiences with us. I cannot remember enjoying a book as much as I did this one. I highly recommend this book. So it looks like yet another book I'm going to have to add to my library, Rob. <laughs> my library
2: <laughs> yeah, books. There you go. I appreciate it very much. Um, and, you know, like I said, uh, the reviews and stuff, it's uh, – Really blessed to have some really good readers and very supportive people that uh, that enjoy my kind of nonsense. And I try to write it very conversational. Um, my hat goes off to uh, my very good friend and my editor, uh, Jessica Jewett, and uh, she's down in Georgia. Real, very smart girl, very good friend of mine. And uh, the reason I think uh, it works so well is that I write as I think. It's very extreme of consciousness. It lacks punctuation quite a bit. I fancy myself to be like Emily Dickinson, but not nearly as, as famous. But <laughs> uh, she does a good job of of adding in the punctuation and not restructuring my sentences so that when I read it, before it goes to final print, um, I don't feel like I'm reading somebody else's work. You know, It's still very much my own words, my own thought patterns, and uh, she lectures me to high hell about run-on sentences, and uh, we go back <laughs> and forth on it. But uh, in the end, um, you know, it, it's really nice because a lot of people that know me or have met me over the years tell me when they read the book, they feel like they're just sitting there having a conversation with me. So, um, so that means a lot to me. And I, I try to pack a lot of motivation on these things, um, you know, and they're all real life stories and. Uh, like I said, in The Devil Shivered, it's every day of my life for a whole year. So you get uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. You get travel stuff. You get uh, a little bit of everything. But uh, I like to think there's a lot, a lot of comedy in it, and a lot of people seem to enjoy it quite a bit. Wife says I'm not funny at all, but that's uh, – I, I think she just has seen the act for many years. So maybe <laughs> right. it's thrown state, but other yeah. people seem to like
1: it. Yeah, it's a tough crowd. That is a very tough crowd. Right. Sometimes, yeah. whenever whenever they've been exposed to you for so long, that is funny though. No, very true. You know, I actually run all of our living paranormal posts through. Well, whenever I do one, I should say through my girlfriend because punctuation is not my strong suit. Now, Dustin, what inspired you to write this book? Did you just want to share? Did you just have to share this experiences that you had?
2: Well, you know, I and trying to do a lot of the motivational stuff and people writing me different questions and everything. Um, a lot of times, one of the first answers I'll get, you know, when I try to offer a suggestion, is, "Oh, well, if it was just that easy," and it came to my attention that apparently uh, people think that, you know, I, I've got some very easy life where you're like, "Oh, well, you're on TV, so everything's easy." And It's like, no, it's it's a struggle, man. Things are very tough, you know. And I thought, well. Um, if I document all these things um, Not only will people get you know the behind-the-scenes paranormal stuff that they want, but maybe they'll see like the difficulty that goes into all this stuff and that wow. um you know, it's it's not easy. But if you want something bad enough and it's important enough to you, you'll find a way and you'll make the sacrifices that you need to make to do it. And I also think it'd be really cool. Um, one of the personal reasons I wanted to write it was for my daughter. So when my daughter gets older, she'll have this whole chronicle of her dad's thoughts and, and inner workings and crazy ideas for a whole year. And, um, you know, our family vacations are in there, all these different, different things, um, which, you know, it's just – I think it would be cool like in 30 or 40 years from now for her to be able to look at and, and read
1: yeah you know i agree man rob do you ever think about that whenever you're do, we're doing our shows and we're talking we're expressing our views do you ever think about your children later on or even grandchildren listening to this or down the road
0: uh, not until now. And yeah, that might not be the uh might not be the absolute best of an impression of me, I might have to add to that. So
1: Well, wow, that's awesome.
0: You know, that's the other thing, Dustin. Are you happy
1: that you record the show and that it's not live?
2: Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think I do great in a live uh, venue, you, personally. You I, do right now. Was, You're doing amazing, by the yeah, way. Yeah, thank you.
0: I, <laughs> oh, no, I was, wait a minute. Hold up, Jason. You you do right now like he wouldn't with anybody else. Do you really think we're that That's important true. that we're he's bringing out the best just for poor little us? I mean, come no, on. No, what I'm
1: saying is, in spite of us, he's doing really <laughs> well right well, now. Well, in spite of us. Okay, I, I can work
2: with that. One. Well, you have to work with good people for sure. But um, no, I kind of feel like it was, I mean, obviously, it'd be a little bit, uh, the investigation may not be as intriguing uh, if it was live, as we discussed. There's a lot of sitting around and being quiet, as you guys know. But um, but they wouldn't be able to edit all my crazy happy nonsense out of it. So I'd, I would feel like I had a, a captive audience. I'd quite enjoy it.
0: But you know what do you you know i I'm, I'm kind of and you you've kind of figured out how my uh, my my thought process goes I'm all over the place um, what has been the hardest part about working you know just in front of the camera besides missing the family missing the time at home et cetera et cetera what what has been the most difficult part of that for you to overcome
2: um yeah you know like you said I mean really the most difficult part was being away from family and everything but um there's a a uh, great song that uh, David Alan Cole wrote and a uh, old country song uh, called spotlights. And um, he says uh, in the song, he says, somebody shoot out that spotlight. Spotlights ain't nothing but jive. And um, I, I love just being me and just doing what I do, you know? And um, yeah. it's, it's awkward when you get, and, and I really like, once again, it's a double edged sword. Cause I love the fans and I love the people that support the show and everything but it's awkward when you get somebody that gets into like idol style worship. And I'm like, please, like, that's not me at all. You know, like don't ever put me on that pedestal and people, sometimes people are like, wow, well, I want to, you know, do everything you do and be just like you. I'm like, no, no, no. Like aim higher, be, be yourself, <laughs> you know, like do your thing and do yeah. better than what I do for sure. You know? Um, and it's uh that gets a little bit creepy when people start stalking like your family's uh, uh, Facebook pages and trying to figure out all these things about you and, um when somebody will come up and mention something to me that's like a very personal thing i'm like they they gleaned that somewhere else because it wouldn't be something that i mention. um that's always a little bit unnerving you know and i'm just uh i don't want to be one of those like yeah first off i don't view myself as a celebrity but i don't want to be one of those people that like just hates on celebrity just to try to right, sound like, right. different but uh i really am just like a regular working dude all the time like it's Every month is just hustling month to month, just, you know, making mortgage payments and just trying to get by. So, uh, when people confuse me with the idea of celebrity, it's just, uh, it's just so weird to me, man. Yeah. I mean, I I,
0: I can, I I know exactly what that's like in my daily life. You know, I I go walking (laughs) out. No, I mean, seriously, I go walking out in front of a crowd. I start to speak, and about 12 or 13 people go, Who are you? And then I realize I'm in the wrong bus. It it happens. It happens.
2: Well, I mean, it's weird. Like, I don't, especially this time of year like I don't get recognized a lot or everything like once in a while I get a free sandwich at Subway that makes me happy that's great nice. but for the most part like I mean unless it's unless it's the fall man you know I'm like the, the paranormal Santa Claus like people people are aware who I am in October but the rest of the year like you don't get that recognized that much it's not that big of a deal I'm not Johnny Depp you know but it's um it's I love I love doing the lectures I love doing the events um, I love stepping out in front of the stage. Like I really feel alive when I'm up there, um, but I, I just don't want people to get confused and think that I, I'm somebody that that I'm not. You know, so that's why I always I always speak from the heart. I just am who I am, and I'm just out there having a good time. Like I said, a lot of times I really think I am just entertaining myself, and if some other people like it, well, that's just great. <laughs> Well,
1: you know, it's actually funny you bring up the whole seasonal aspect of interest that a lot of people have for this particular topic. Uh, one of the, the uh, individuals in the chat room right now, his name is George. He was actually part of Everyday Paranormal. I'm not sure if you recall them from Ghost Lab. They were on TV for some time there. Uh, and uh, he actually um, was doing some presentations and, and offering his, uh, his speaking abilities at, at some locations. And they said, well, contact us around October and his right. initial initial reaction that he was telling me about and I hope he doesn't get mad at me for sharing this conversation that we had was well interest is all year round you know i'm i do this year round i'm a part this is part of what i do all the time it doesn't just happen in october does that ever frustrate you that people are just interested only in october does that does that ever bother you
2: no man as long as the check clears it's cool <laughs> <laughs> i just wish Don't october from jason like- I wish October had 131 days. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, um, that'd
1: be awesome. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's fine. It, it's crazy because, like, I um, I just sent out, uh, you know, some some uh, marketing material, to libraries and stuff to do some library events and everything in New England, mm-hmm. and uh, so like the the dates book up fast for October, which is which is great, which is a blessing. Um, but then I got one woman, she's like, "Yeah, I really want to do something in July." I'm like, "Done." Whenever, you want, you know.
1: Yeah, like, absolutely. Um, That's why we got I him just, on our show.
2: <laughs> I usually do. Um, I usually do like you know at least one event a month, uh, if not two, um, throughout the year. But uh, yeah, October is crazy, man. But uh, you know it's 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 a great it's a great opportunity, man. I love. I do love traveling. I do love uh, getting out and seeing new people and talking to new people. So, um, so it's a lot of fun. Especially now, I'm branching out and doing more things. You know, it's uh, it's really cool. And I love. I've just always loved October since I was a kid. Like it's always felt like my time of the year, man. I love the fall. I love all the spooky stuff. It's great.
1: Oh yeah, dude! My birthday's in October, so that just kicked off the whole holiday season for me all
2: the time. <laughs> Get some pumpkin beer, some pumpkin heck, pie. Heck, which is yeah. good. Well, the
0: That's scary. You now, for the record, though, the scariest looking things do come out of October. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, see what it. Yeah, but honestly, the Halloween's my favorite holiday. I, I think there's a lot of people that, you know, kind of kind of share that feeling. It, it, to me, it's just one where kids can actually be kids. They can go around, knock on doors, and get candy. What more can you want in life as a child? Or a— 40-something-year-old bald guy, then to just go door-to-door and get candy. I mean, that's just amazing Absolutely. to me. You know? And it's the one time of year, Rob, you can walk around without the mask on. So, you know, that's a wonderful... Yeah, a wonderful uh, Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's a good thing.
1: Good thing. Now, uh, Dustin, David, George was asking a follow-up question, actually. He says, when you get time to sit down and watch a TV show, what do you watch, aside from Ghost Hunters?
2: Um, I- <laughs> I watch uh, – I, I like comedies mostly, um, like little sitcoms and stuff. Um, I love The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead. I'm not like a slasher film guy or anything, but I just – I really like those shows. And um, I watch a lot of cartoons and stuff with my daughter because I, I enjoy being with her and, and watching that. Um, Ancient Aliens, uh, History – like History Channel has got a big thing on uh, the Barbarians oh, yeah. uh, coming up. Uh, starts tomorrow night. Like I want to watch that. I like uh, historical pieces um i enjoy mystery diners quite a bit on the food network it's just like the nice, uh yeah. that's, that's my uh, reality show uh, indulgence i enjoy watching that but um yeah i don't watch a lot of like uh, paranormal tv i watch yeah. uh my haunted house i really like i like recreation shows you know i just i always tell people and it's not like an ego thing like I, I try to support my friends that i know are going to be on this show or that show so i'll watch those but um for the most part like if you're a dentist and you pull teeth all day, you don't want to go home and watch a show of people pulling teeth all day, you know? So I don't want to watch people investigate all the time because that that, that's what I do. Yep. But uh, I do like – I love the ghost stories. So I like the recreations and stuff. But for the most part, it's uh, historical documentaries and, uh, and, and sitcoms and cartoons.
1: You know, it's funny you say that, man, because my favorite ghost shows are the ones where they recreate the actual experiences. I love that. That's so. such Not my bad. favorite thing.
2: They're fun, man. Yeah, That's what got me started all this stuff is reading those stories. So it's yeah. cool to see them.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And when you started this whole endeavor, looking in the ghosts, investigating and everything like that, did you ever worry about people not taking you seriously or the kind of legacy you were going to leave behind as far as your reputation is concerned?
2: Um, not so much for me, man. I, I hope I, I leave a legacy, of kindness uh, above everything. Um I don't really mind for me I, I worry in relation to like my daughter like I don't want you know uh, I know at some point you know someone's going to say oh everything your your dad does is fake ghosts aren't real this and that and I've already kind of prepped her for that right. and I just let her know like listen not everybody believes in you know everything not everybody uh, agrees with everything you know so you got to know what what's real in your life and what your experience have taught you and and told you you know so other people may not know that and they only know what maybe their parents have told them and maybe their parents don't want them to be afraid of things so but that right. being said she comes she loves like um when we're sitting around like if i'm back here because now i fly out i do the investigations and i bring evidence home with me to review and i'll be sitting here doing it and she'll come and check it out with me she likes to watch and listen if i get an ebp i let her listen to it and um but then she'll bring her friends over she's like daddy play that one where the ghost boy says this. I'm like, honey, I can't, we can't play like evidence for other people's children. Like, I don't want them going home and being like, oh, Mr. Perry scared the hell out of me with this stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But on the other hand, they should have known better than their children going over to a ghost hunter's house. I'm just
0: saying. (laughs) Well,
1: yeah, there is that. uh... Now, actually, one other thing about the chat room when you when we're talking about the shows, they were and, and I, I get this all the time, and I want to know if you do too. Do you ever watch the show Supernatural?
2: Oh, dude, it's a mild obsession of mine. Really, you love that show? <laughs> really is. I've watched every episode. Um, I am convinced that certain things in the show have been taken from my own life in one way or another. Um, the similarities between myself and Dean Winchester, outside of the striking good looks, of course. <laughs> of um, course there's um uh, like his obsession with pie came about like after i don't know so i mean i've been tweeting about pie for forever and all of a sudden like, like midway through the show he's got this weird pie obsession you know and um there's um there's a great scene in one of the early seasons i mean they did the whole thing with ghost facers and stuff which is obviously a nod to the to the ghost hunters franchise and oh, wow. i've met the the actors who played them and everything really nice guys and what? um it was very cool but um They did this scene where Sam and Dean are walking uh, into a wooded area and the EMF detector is going off. And Dean hits Sam and goes, come on, man, it's power lines. And there is a scene years before at the Crescent Park Hotel in uh, Arkansas. And Dave Tango and I are investigating the woods outside the area. Um, It was either for the Crescent Park portion or the psychic house, which was um, like on that property. And we're outside and Tango, who was still new to us at the time, is like, oh, EMF's going crazy. And I hit him in the shoulder. I'm like, come on, man. Power lines, right? It's the same exact thing. Like, whoa, like that's a little creepy, you know, like there's a lot (laughs) of weird things and – um, so then it, I was watching and at the credits of one of the episodes, um, Dean did this whole eye of the tiger thing, uh, with the impala, you know, and, uh, right. I had a 73 Dodge charger at the time. So I went outside with my video camera and I made my own eye of the tiger video, which is now on uh, my paranormal rockstar, uh, dot com website has been there for many years too, just kind of as a, as a nod back to it. I love the show, man. I love the story. I love the writing. I love the, the, everything about it. It's really one of my favorites.
1: That is outstanding. And, you know, I actually have uh, put up the links for your books, the listings, in, uh, in our, our chat room. I'm also going to put them on the show notes. So if you are listening to this show and you are wanting to get more and more information about Dustin, you want to read his books, you want to read the motivational books, I'm putting the links in the show notes as well. There's also going to be a link, and I'm, thank you so much for mentioning the website. I fell down as a professional, and I apologize, but definitely want to go uh, check out. Dustin's site uh, he is the paranormal rock star uh, and we definitely uh, love having him on and and Dustin one of the few things that we like to check on and ask about with all of our oh sorry it's paranormal that's paranormal rock and you know Dustin there's a lot of a lot of tools that you use out in the field and 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 I wanted to ask you this before we go because time is actually quickly approaching for the end but I wanted to touch base with you on this You've had a lot of tools in your hands come through over the years and, and, and you've had the opportunity to go to a lot of places to use them, been blessed with those chances. And I was wondering, have any of those tools ever been a Ouija board? And how do you feel about those, the Ouija boards in general?
2: Um, yeah, man, the spirit boards are really um interesting. I I have no problem with them, you know. Like I remember doing events and people were like, oh, Tap says not to use Ouija boards. And, you know, and it's like, well, listen, you know, I don't have to agree to everything they say just because, you know, we work together and stuff. But uh, right. spirit board communication has been around in one form or another for a very, very long time. I don't believe that uh, Satan has a deal with Parker Brothers to open up a little door to hell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. That is awesome. That was awesome. A, a Quote <laughs> of the year. Quote <laughs> of the year candidate right there, Jason.
0: Mark this one down.
2: Absolutely. A lot. A lot of people, I think, I think it's kind of got a bad, a bad reputation. But what I always tell people is this: regardless of what communication device you're using, it comes down to your intent and who you are as a person. And I know that, you know, the Ouija board's a little different. You got two people, and you're using the plan chat, and your energy, blah, blah, blah. But at the same point: if you're sitting there and you're asking a spirit to leave you an EVP or to light up this device in your hand. You're asking for communication. You're asking something to come forth and interact with you. And I feel like if you keep yourself—and this has been my my experience—if you keep yourself in a good place um, spiritually and mentally and emotionally and physically, you really mitigate those chances of something bad happening to you. And I've I've been doing this now for the better part of 24 years, and I can say that thankfully I haven't had anything negative come across because of it. Um, I think you get a lot of what you ask for, and, and depends the way you kind of conduct yourself and what you do. I personally can't use a spirit board uh a ouija board because uh i eat a lot of sugar and my hands shake like hell so the planchette's all over the place but um there I, I don't have trouble with people using it
1: yeah totally yeah. i just wanted to ask that because usually people have uh, a really strong opinion one way or the other so i want to double check on that and it seems to be an interesting topic within the paranormal community as well on that we uh rob and i had a debate with robert merch where we were supposed to debate against robert merch and and uh and we were the cons against the Ouija board, where Robert Murch was the pros. And yeah, it took two people honestly to really debate Robert Murch about the Ouija board, and it was a very interesting experience. And I wanted to get your input
0: absolutely. On that.
1: So yeah, really fascinating. Yeah, man. yeah.
2: yeah. Bob Murch is a great guy, very yeah, knowledgeable. Man, man. Um, I've, I've met him in an event or two before. We've talked since then, and um, just his um, his collection of the, of the old spirit boards and everything just really amazing. Like to yeah. look at them and. Uh, the the art the uh, the design of them the artistry it um and and once again this is something john tenney and i talk about in our lectures um we're not people that are obsessed with death we are pursuing life we're talking about life persisting after this one and what happens even though we may be wearing t-shirts two sizes too small with skulls about like all over them We're still talking about life after death, so the focus, of course, is on the death because we're a negative, weird, strange culture, but we're really talking about life.
0: Well, now let me ask you this, though, kind of on that same topic, and it also kind of corresponds with a a question in the chat room. Um, Has your time in the paranormal field field changed your views on on death itself, life and death, versus what you had before? And to kind of segue in that, do you still have that same innate fear of death that a lot of us tend to carry with us throughout our lives?
2: No, you know, I've always been in a really cool place with it. I always thought there was something wrong with me because I don't cry at funerals and stuff, and it's not because I— I'm not going to miss the person, um, but I just kind of feel like they're going to a, a better place. You know, they've they've done uh, they've I don't want to say done their time here, but they've they've had their human experience. You know, they're moving on to, to what's next for them. And uh, it's going to be tough and we're going to miss each other. I know we'll see each other again at some other point, but um, the investigations, if anything, have only strengthened that uh, that understanding and uh that reality so i find that to be a very comforting thing when i make communication with the other side the the physical feeling that i get when i hear an evp or i hear a disembodied voice it's that connection is amazing you know it really brings it uh to to a whole new level of understanding and as far as fear of death goes um i'm not worried about it you know i just i don't worry about all the planes i go on i don't worry about driving from here to there I really feel like I go where I'm guided, I'm protected as much as I'm protected, and when it's over, the ride's over. My only concern with it all is um, I want my daughter to have a long, happy, and healthy life. I want to lead a, a good example uh, for her. I'd like to be here a long time to try to be a part of that, that life as long as I can. And um, you know, while I'm here, I just want to do as much as I can to help others. So um, I just hope I don't go out some kind of stupid way, you know? Like I, I'm kind of like, <laughs> I I like to think I'm naturally a a brave person. Like, you know, no false bravado again here, no macho nonsense. But I really do try to help people. And so I kind of feel like if there was like some crazy situation, I would, you know, I I was trying to be a firefighter for a long time, but a long backstory. But uh, I had a little back injury, so I can't do that. But um, I naturally want to help people. And I kind of feel like there's two different ways things go down. If you're trying to save somebody in some weird situation where shit's about to blow up and it's either you go out as a hero and you sacrifice yourself and everybody's okay, or you kind of screw it up and everyone dies everywhere. And you're like, that guy was just a chooch, you know, like you don't want to be that clown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very true. That
1: is very true. You know, what's crazy is whenever somebody asks me, like, oh, are you worried about death or you're afraid of death? I actually heard a very, I had it put very well by pen, by When he was talking about, you know, I don't really worry about not being alive in 1880. So it's not really going to bother me when I'm not alive in 2080. Like, it doesn't really bother me Like that I wasn't alive then. So, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Just have fun with the life that you have now. Do your best. Live it to the fullest and live every day. That's the most important thing.
2: So. If I need an open and act for motivational speaking, I might look you up.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> will be glad to help. I will make you look fantastic by comparison. So
2: by all means.
0: <laughs> Just like we have tonight, I might add. Yeah. Uh, no uh, you guys yeah. have been
2: great. This has been so much fun.
0: I'm glad you enjoyed. Now, uh, you know, of course, we're to that part of the show where it's uh, pretty much close to time to end the show, which I really wish we had a three-hour slot with a guest like you, Dustin. It's been amazing. Thanks. What is in the uh, immediate future for you, Dustin? Any appearances you have going on, or just cool plans that you'd like to share with the people that follow you and our listeners as well?
2: Yeah, man, I got a bunch of things coming up um, next month. Actually, in July, uh, Let's see. in the um, uh, July, I'm going to be in Missouri. Going to be going um, to uh, Missouri State Penitentiary. Uh, I believe that's the twenty third, July twenty third. I'll be at Missouri State Penitentiary, and then the twenty ninth and thirtieth, I'm at uh, Penhurst. Uh, so if anybody's looking for tickets, I think one of them sold out, but. Um, if you go to uh, IdealEventManage.com, that's IdealEventManage.com, you can get tickets for those. So that's good. And then on a personal note, I'm going to watch NASCAR in uh, in July up in New Hampshire. So I'm looking forward to that. And then Ghost Hunters returns for everybody on August 3rd.
0: Outstanding. Outstanding. Uh, well, Dustin, hang on with us just for a couple of moments after we go off the air. We can get a quick wrap-up and all of the happy stuff that we do behind the scenes. But in the meantime, Jason, um, I think this is definitely one for the books. If we had to pick our 115th show, I don't think we could have done a better job with the guest tonight.
1: Man, my face hurts from laughing.
0: <laughs> I know. I've I'm actually got a headache from it's laughing. Time. It's been This has been a tremendous show. But I do want to thank the uh, wonderful and active chat room we've had tonight. Now, just a reminder, guys, uh, due to a real-life scheduling conflict, we will not have a live show next week. Uh, when we're going to have just hopefully a whole lot more fun coming up. And we've got some great guests laying ahead as well. And I only hope that uh, they turn out as well as Dustin did for us tonight. In the meantime, for uh, Dustin Perry, for Jason Olivo, my name is Rob Henry. I want to wish you guys a fantastic night and an even better tomorrow. We'll see you in two weeks. Have a great one.
1: Adios.